0: Welcome to our humble abode, the FanDuel Thunderdome. It is Winter Wednesday, November 9th, 2022. This show starts now! Football! Is the topic of conversation 24-7 around here because football never Stops. There's news breaking around the NFL at all times. We will cover all of that and more. There's certainly conversations to be had about what's going to happen this upcoming weekend. We'll also take a look back at the leaders, at individual uh, position groups, now that we are officially on the Wednesday of halfway through yep. the NFL season. Who has dominated the first half? We shall dive into that. We have Dane Orszlowski joining us oh, in hey. about 27 minutes. Cannot wait to chat with With him. He's been subtweeting a lot of people. Can't wait to talk to (laughs) him about that and how his season is going as a whole. He's called a couple NFL games. He's called some college games. He's on TV every day. How's Dan Orlovsky doing? We shall talk to him about that. Also, Michael Rubin. Billionaire, Whoa, CEO of Fanatics gone. will join us in two hours right here to chit-chat about everything going on with Fanatics, his life, his friends, and also maybe dabble with the Jeff Bezos, Jay-Z, going to own the commanders alongside Matthew McConaughey conversation because I think he is a billionaire. who's friends with all the billionaires. Oh, yeah. And not just the billionaires. It seems like this guy's friends with everybody. Cannot wait to chat with him in two hours. His people reach out to us and said, hey, we're big fans. If you'd ever want to uh, chat with him, he'd be cool with that. We put that in a bank for a couple weeks and then said, did they say that he would come on the show? And uh, we read the email back. It was like, yeah, I was like, f- we should get a fucking okay. billionaire on the show. <laughs> yeah. I, I, think that, I think that's the right play to do. Yeah. So he'll be joining us in a couple hours. Can't wait for that conversation. The boys are here, the Toxic Table, at Boston Connor at Ty Schmidt. Hair
1: is flowing today, pal. Hey, thanks, Pat. I, you know, washed it last week for the first time in a long time. So, you know, it's still carried on into this. No, first. you did something to it today. This, this, you know, that well,
0: isn't from last
1: week right well, there, pal. Well, to be fair, I have, you know, kind of put it up in a bun in the morning just in case it's a little cold out. don't want the hair to freeze. And then I just took it out of the bun. So that might be why I Well, act. you
0: also just got a fade clearly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. of course. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. The Coach haircut, barber. yeah. Today, yeah. 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 So, hey, never
1: That's, touch the hair, though. Never Yeah. Hair stays
0: the same. Oh, you're talking about the hair on the top the of hair on head. the top and yeah, the back. The back
1: that Not on changes. the side. Not, Not on it. the side.
0: Yeah, you look good, man. You look good. Me as do you, Ty Schmidt. Uh, we heard Aaron give a motivational speech to uh, Green Bay Packers fans through how he's going to view the rest of the season. Yeah. What are your thoughts on the Green Bay Packers this Wednesday, you know, as opposed, uh, as opposed to previous Wednesdays after an Aaron Rodgers Tuesday, Ty?
2: You know, we'll see. I mean... A lot
0: of reaction to Aaron Rodgers yeah, Tuesday. Yeah, as
2: there always is. And uh, it is... It's it's kind of one of those things where I, I'm not going to let it take up too much of my mental bandwidth because I don't want to get myself super excited just to get to Sunday and have them look like shit again against the Cowboys and then kind of be kicking myself and saying, well, why did I get so excited? Why did I think they could have the opportunity to win? So I'll absolutely watch the game on Sunday. If they win, I'll be ecstatic. But if they don't, I'm done with the, you know, I mean... Shit, ruining your life. Yeah, exactly. They're 3-6. and six. They're 3-6 and six and they play the Cowboys, Slide. the Titans, Titans Slide. Slide. and the Eagles Slide. Slide. in the next three weeks. Oof. And, you know, two of those games are in one week. So, yeah, hey, what three weeks from now, if they win these next three games, we'll be in a much different situation. But if they lose those next three three games, you know, you're looking at three and nine, and then we're, we're, we're scouring, you know, hey, what Iowa Hawkeye do I want the Packers to draft, okay. that, you know, Ooh. in the top five of the draft next year? So, I mean, people are going to react and, and be pissed at him, and he's not playing well right now, so he's going to just kind of have to take it. So it's a very, very awkward time, weird time in Packer land, but, hey, we're here. I think uh, – well, I
0: appreciate you saying that in and- – Obviously, I always enjoy getting your reaction to the Aaron Rodgers Tuesday, the old ART, after the show over there, watching you kind of take it all in on mm-hmm. what was said. Because when you're in a conversation, you can't catch it all. Right. There was a couple of things I caught during the conversation. As soon as he said them, I actually started laughing on the screen, where he said, I've thrown a lot of touchdowns. I don't give a shit about what anybody on TV has to say. It's like, well. TV people now are going to take that personally. They're going to discuss that tomorrow. Now now they're going to take that personally because you just kind of took a shot at them, which, by the way, he's allowed to because they've taken a lot of shots at fucking him over the years. A lot of people that have never been able to play quarterback anywhere near the ability that he has been able to do it have judged a lot of things that he's done on the football field. He has clearly heard them, I assume, but that's part of being a quarterback in the NFL. So him taking a shot back at him, I was like, all right, here we go. Okay, that's going to be something. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then everything else he said obviously pissed people off as well. If you win games, though, it's all good. If you don't. Don't. It's all bad. That's kind of what the world is of professional sports, and we're experiencing that for the first time on Aaron Rodgers Tuesday. First two seasons, Aaron Rodgers Tuesday, he won the MVP. We actually thought, wow, this is awesome. This is a dream. (laughs) This is what it's supposed to be. And then now we're we're facing a little adversity this season for the Packers. Mm -hmm. We're facing some conversations with Aaron that he might not be incredibly comfortable to be having, especially on Aaron Rodgers Tuesday, which has been a beacon of positivity, I think, for the last couple years. For sure. Except for the vaccination conversations, Right, of course. Mm -hmm. But football-wise, very positive chit-chat about what he's thinking, what he's doing, why he's doing what he's doing. We're getting a chance to tap into the most talented football thrower of all time and how he feels and why he feels the way he does every single game. That was something that ART brought to the world that I don't think sports media was appreciative enough. 10, 15 years from now, they'll look back on some of the things he said on that and be like, well, remember, Aaron, this is what he was thinking whenever this type of stuff was happening. So maybe it'll be appreciated. Now we're talking, it's bad football. Yep. There's no VAC stuff. Mm What? It is just living in an adversity riddled season right now. And if they're able to turn around and be a great story, Ah, hey, he said he bet on himself first. Me too, Aaron. Yeah, There's no absolutely. reason not to think he wouldn't come out and ball. Tone Diggs is here. One half of the hammer. Done. Cowboys. Mike Tomlin saying TJ Watt probably back this weekend. Dime. That's good news. That means your whole entire team will be better, right? He is the type of person that on defense side of the ball can set a tone, change an entire game. But I think the offense can also feel a spark. He's a defensive MVP for a reason. Put the guy in the fucking yes. game.
3: I believe the most telling stat is obviously their record without TJ Watt when he's been hurt over the years, which is not good. But also, I believe they've led the league uh, in sacks the last four or five years. Um, and they're dead last, in, I believe, in sacks this year. Um, it's probably because T.J. Watt hasn't been on the field. So he comes back. Mm-hmm. They go 7-2, make the playoffs. It's going to be an awesome fucking season.
0: And if they don't?
3: Fucking fuck me up, boys.
1: What? <laughs> what? what? Like beat the shit out of you? What?
3: Yeah. Like, I'll fucking I'll go to the loony bin with you. Line starts behind me. <laughs> I don't think I understand.
0: Wait, hold on. I don't think... Fuck me up. Well, Ty I said, like, I you know,
3: understand. fuck him. I don't care anymore. Like, I'm ready for all the what pain. What the hell?
0: <laughs> oh, you're ready for the shit talk, the bashing, the I'm ready the for the pain. Okay. Okay. So, like, crowbars and shit. I'll tell you what, I, I think it's maybe a state of the society that we're in. Whenever you're like, hey, fuck me up, I'm like, I think you have a mental issue, like, whenever you said... Like, I was worried about what was going on. Oh, I definitely on. have that. I didn't know what... Well...
3: Oh, slow down! We had
0: that cream from Brett Favre. Uh-huh. There. Yeah, that's right. I
3: drink the water. I've been on the water for years. <gasps>
0: Russell Wilson, do you think he funded that business to get that concussion too. water? Oh, wow. Maybe through a welfare fund in Washington. <laughs> we that say had a allegedly
3: buck. that Russ and three and four are. Team three and Team
0: four. I'm just saying we don't know how don't the put water t- was funded. In that
4: bullshit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, agreed. <laughs> and, we
0: don't
3: need to do that. We don't know how the
0: water is funded. We did find out how the cream was funded. Yep, yeah, yeah. and yeah. a
1: nasal spray and the side effects too. Tony said he did make him want to steal from every homeless person he saw. So you think maybe the cream led to the, the doesn't help with concussions. No, man, but it does help with
0: your urge yeah. to rob the fucking poor. People. That's what right. Happens. Maybe. We don't know. I mean, I don't know. Somebody might be selling those on the street somewhere if you want to get into being the opposite of Peter Pan, being one of the worst humans of all time. Mm-hmm. Go ahead and do that. That story is continuing to unravel. Oh, yeah, and it's
2: only going to get worse. Yeah, yes. there's going to be
0: more. Oh, yeah. Because they had, an, they had a plug. They had a plug on how to get a government fund. Mm-hmm. Hey, whatever you can do to create that we can give money to, we can do. Oh, I want a new indoor facility deal yeah fuck the poor people hey i want to do this uh cream to save concussions and we will lie to people about how good they are will lie to people about who's po- uh also promoting it uh but that won't matter anyways because we're coming from one particular fund that's going to say yeah we're investing this because we're trying to make more money for the fund mm-hmm. so we're investing in a business of the future here's millions of dollars here right here uh i assume there's going to be maybe a merch company maybe uh oh yeah let's hope no copperfit got uh, funded by any oh, of those. No. I mean, not saying that it would but like the amount of things that people were probably being told just think of ways for us to give you money from this welfare fund because we have control of it from this one person Brett Favre was in the middle of that whole thing we'll continue to chat about that just because of how absurd it is and how we need to I think I've been bad with this my whole life even when I was a kid and speaking of me when I was a kid we'll talk about something that my wife and I announced earlier mm-hmm. but even when I was a kid the whole like uh you need to respect the person because of the position they're in I always struggled with it. (laughs) Tim and Sally tried their fucking best (laughs) to have me be respectful to people. But if they did something that even at my young age deemed to be dumb, I naturally judged them. And I wouldn't, like, openly say anything because I thought that would be disrespectful to my parents or anything like that. But the way I went about acting around those people was certainly vast. And it's obviously carried into my adulthood. And I got a chance to join Ryan Hawk, A.J. Hawk's brother, on his leadership podcast, which was recording its 500th episode. It's very good. I got a chance to chat with him about the Steve Jobs quote about how the world that is around you that you see was built by people that are no smarter than you are. So I I think we've always been told that we're supposed to respect these people that are in positions of power. And I think we should. But I think it's also very okay not to just blindly be like, this person's probably a good person because they're in a position of power. If you think about that person in 2020, the person, the director of the welfare fund who pled guilty in 2020 alongside the director of nonprofit, which was a lady in 2000 for like 70-some million or 38 million, I forget, the, 38 people, 70 million, $20 right. million, whatever it was. It's a massive amount of money. The way they acted around people as if they were somebody, pe- the way people talked to them and allowed them access and anything, and probably everything they said was good, that motherfucker was robbing people blind behind the scenes. I think we should always have our... Mm-hmm. You know, our intent is up for bullshit no matter what the position is. And I think that'll make the world a much better place going forward. And if you're in one of those positions of power, I think you should hold it in high regard, obviously. But you're also setting an, an example for future generations for their trust in people of power, in positions of power. Like this story right here is going to amplify people saying that they don't trust people or making decisions for other things. Like it's just going to get louder and louder as more of these happen. So let's all assume that in a world not too long from now, Nobody will fuck anything up whenever they're in a position of power. And we're excited. Hell yeah. Can't wait. Speaking of, shoot, that's what we're that's what we're Uh going to do. It's going to be great whenever that time comes. That's just happened in Mississippi. There's 50 other states, numerous other funds that are being everywhere. Yeah, there's a lot of people in charge of a lot of things that are probably doing shady shit. I hope we find out about it all. I hope it never happens again. Nonetheless, Brett Favre. Bad guy. Terrible. Yeah, bad guy. Jersey. Joining us, good guy, on the stage, host of Everything DB, the Man of Man podcast, a man who played in the NFL for a long time. at corner, nickel, and safety has some great plays to break down today and make us smarter. We'll be joining us, ladies and gentlemen, Darius Butler. Yeah, how
4: oh! 10 already, man. That's Crazy. good, right, for you? Crazy. Yeah. With your season. I mean, it's just, it's fly, it flies by. Just like when you're in the locker room playing, you know, you play a game and then next thing, you're game planning for the next one. But um, schedule, you getting used to it. Um, kind of at the halfway point didn't hit this rookie wall yet. But, That's good. Uh, feeling good. Feeling yeah, well, good. it's because you're a vet, dude. That's yeah. why you're on here. damn yeah.
0: right. And the traveling that you're doing, because he does, uh, obviously, the Man to Man podcast every single... Monday and
4: Thursday.
0: Monday and Thursday. I knew Thursday, because he does it live from mm-hmm. right here. Yep. It's a great mm-hmm. show. Monday, Thursday. He does this show Wednesday, Thursday. Then he yep. flies to Philadelphia uh, to shoot an NFL matchup in e- uh, for ESPN. Then you fly home, be a great dad, hop on the road again, put it on repeat for the rest of the entire season. Yep. I appreciate your work ethic, d But You've appreciate been doing great. You too. You've been doing great with it all you've been doing great with it all um Darius you're a great father got to watch you be a dad both digitally and real life whenever you're playing you've handled it with such uh confidence and ease and your kids love you which I think is the telling of whether or not you're a good father Ty I got a chance to go to the reception of the baptism this weekend the entire family around Sloan was amazing I mean it was absolutely amazing tone Hyzana, your baby, watching your dad hold her in the mm-hmm. photos, mm-hmm. and seeing you literally be a different person. I think now into the microphone, you're still saying the yeah, same, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yep. same stuff, but living for a different thing. Now, like it is, and obviously, I have a lot of friends that are that are parents, and they're great at what they do. I grew up never wanting to be a dad. That was not something I ever wanted to do. I never wanted to have a kid, mostly because I was a piece of shit as a kid. I was a a tough kid to handle. I mean, I was in trouble all the time. You've heard about. I mean, fifth grade, I had a cigarette sales operation where I was. You know what I mean? Like it was. I, I was just a bad kid. Energetic, talked a lot. I was out and about. I couldn't play video games. I was a lot to handle. A lot of people were probably very annoyed with me as a kid. So I just kind of shaped it in my mind. Like, I'm just gonna work forever. I'm just gonna do my thing. I don't wanna have a kid. Fast forward to, you know, meeting Samantha Lutie, uh And then we end up getting married, Samantha McAfee. And, you know, I do something that I never thought I was going to do, which is get married. And then I start like enjoying marriage and seeing everything about it. And, you know, Sam really changed my mindset on a lot of things. And it was it's cool to have a partner in life almost, which I never really wanted in the past. Never really thought of something it was going to be. I honestly assumed I was going to die alone and I was going to be completely cool with it. I was going to be good uncles. I was going to go pop in. I was going to give big gifts. Hey, how you doing? Crying? Get the fuck away from me. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get out of here. Oh, you guys got Thanksgiving? Can I come over to Thanksgiving? Cool. I'm going to come over. I'm going to do that. I just assumed I would die alone. Sam has really changed me in a massive way with that. Obviously, we're married. Going on three years. I mean, Jesus, we're uh-huh. already two years Wow.
2: <laughs> COVID counts for like three years in a long, so. <laughs> ten, yeah. Yeah. Ten, yeah. Ten, ten. Yeah. Fifteen.
0: You mean. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh. But nonetheless, we're married. I'm enjoying it. And Sam has always dreamt of being a mother so whenever you know sam and i start talking about our future um you know just listening to her passion and listening to the way she goes about doing everything whether it's holidays around the house the way she treats our animals and our pets and the way she treats people and like her friends kids it's like oh this woman would be an incredible mother like this this woman is going to be a great mom Like She cares, she's invested, she loves doing all the like corny stuff that parents do. She tries to do it for our animals now. It's like this lady wants to be a mom, was potentially her greatest gift is going to be to be a mom. So after I started realizing that and talking to her, I was like, all right, let's have a kid. So Sam and I, we attempt to have a kid. Uh, We get pregnant. Uh, first, like literally within the first like c- couple weeks of trying, and she goes through an ectopic pregnancy, which I did not know what it was. I looked into it. It caused an emergency surgery in which she had internal bleeding. Doctor told me she might die from the bleed. So we go from her being pregnant. Passing, uh, having a positive on a pregnancy uh, test, like first time doing it. Okay, my life has changed. I'm going to be a dad. Didn't never expected to be a dad. I'm going to be a dad, and then all of a sudden we're in uh, the hospital the night the Browns take on the cav or the uh, Browns take on the Ravens, mm-hmm. and Lamar Jackson has the poop game. Poop, yep. game. Yep, yep. So I'm in the hospital uh, while Sam's going through like a 45 minute surgery while she goes in for that surgery. I'm told like internal bleeding. We don't know how bad it's going to be, but uh, we should be good. But there is obviously a chance or whatever. I'm like, my wife's going to fucking die. Like that's insane. So she obviously, uh, survives through that surgery Devastated that she's not going to be a mom now, right? Starts blaming herself. So then we have to go through an entire recovery period, not only for her body from the surgery, but also from her being so incredibly upset and let down by herself that she wasn't able to just do what everybody else seemingly is able to do. So that led to me and Sam looking into like stats and how normal it is for people to have miscarriages and ectopic pregnancies. And it's not really talked about much, but it is a alarmingly high percent of pregnancies end up not being successful and i think that is a something that women are embarrassed to share that they go through it so don't really hear as many uh, uh as much about it or whatever and a lot of people in high school are like oh it's easy to get somebody pregnant so you're like scared in doing it but i don't think anybody realizes the alarmingly high amount of times that it does not work out. And it is devastating. I mean, absolutely devastating to my wife, Samantha, and to a lot of moms out there that are dreaming of it. So it took us a little bit to get past that, I think both physically, mentally, emotionally, and everything. So we try to get pregnant again. We get pregnant again immediately. It happens. Here we go. We're happy. We have the entire like, Hey, you're gonna be a dad video Sam made. Like it was it was really cool. Like we were doing the whole thing. Again. Emergency surgery, ectopic pregnancy, her fallopian tubes, internal bleeding. That was when Michigan beat Ohio State in Michigan. Mm-hmm. I'm in the hospital that day. Same exact situation. So I have a lot more questions for the doctor this time. I'm like, how do we get to the point where she's going to maybe die again? Like, are we not looking at this? And there's obviously a lot more that goes into it. But that was an incredibly emotional day there. Sam survives, gets through it, obviously. Gro- bat surgery's tough. I mean, they're cutting in. It is a... Full thing, very intrusive. Immediately again now, Sam feels terrible about herself. She's disappointed herself. She's let herself down. She thinks that she's not strong enough to be a mom. And all these things are things that I'm trying to combat her with. Like, no, Sam, this is out of your control completely. Like, There is nothing you can do. You can't control what's happening inside of you. She doesn't see it that way, though. So I'm trying my best to be like, Sam, we we were able to get pregnant. You're you're okay. She loses her, her second fallopian tube, right? So in theory, if you just go by the natural... Thing, her two surgeries that had to happen, life-saving sa- surgeries that happened, take away the natural ability to have a child. So immediately after the surgery is done, we're told like, hey, IVF seems like the perfect thing for you guys because our egg and our sperm have met and made a baby Every single time. Just for whatever reason, it hadn't been able to get into, you know, the incubator to really start cooking. So we started looking into IVF, but it took us a little bit to want to do that because of how emotionally draining everything was. Sam is a fucking badass. Sam has battled and battled not only physically, but mentally, emotionally. She's had to go through a bunch. So we start the IVF process back in July. It involves a shot every single night that I'm administering to her. She's getting multiple shots for the first few weeks a day, like three shots a day for the first few weeks. I'm giving her a shot every single night to add to this oil and this hormone that's happening. We're going in. She's giving blood every single week or maybe even twice a week. She has to go in and give blood. We're getting ultrasounds uh, that are very uncomfortable. We're doing this whole thing. It's a whole process. She's taking pills. She's got all these things. It's like a human science uh, experiment. We're going through the fucking database that they have we have to like go through and like read and learn about every single part of the entire thing. So I feel like I'm pretty educated on the entire pregnancy thing through it all. Mm -hmm. But my wife has had to take needles and give blood and the amount of conversations and uncomfortable conversations that she's had to have every single day, all in hopes of getting pregnant. Not even that it's going to happen. She's putting herself through hell in hopes of getting pregnant. We get pregnant. We think it's going to go good. But we didn't want to tell anybody because we didn't want to put the unwarranted pressure on people to not only be happy for us, but also then if it doesn't work out because we have been scarred a little bit the first two times, we don't want anybody to feel bad and do the whole thing. So we, uh, we have completed the first trimester. The baby looks incredibly safe. We do not know the sex, although we could have known the sex through the IVF uh, process. We chose not to. We'll find that out in a few weeks. And I just want to tell my wife how incredibly proud I am of her. Uh, She has been a badass through this. Her persistence and resilience has been something that is nothing short of inspiring. She has been through a lot of pain. She has a lot of scars, both physically and emotionally, from this whole process. And I can't wait to see you be a mom. You're going to be the fucking best mom on earth. And I appreciate you so much. And thank you to everybody in our universe for being very supportive through this all. Obviously, our family and friends knew before we made the public announcement. And the boys, I can just speak, getting to watch you guys become dads and getting a chance to chat with you guys about it and the things that you guys, because there's been some tough mornings where I've come in here and it's like, this has been tough. Like, this Mm -hmm. has been a lot. You guys have not only kept me positive and motivated, but also have kept, like, hope for what it's going to be like whenever we're going to be parents. So I appreciate you all so much to my family. Thank you so much. D, but even gave me a couple motivational speeches about being a dad <laughs> a few times whenever he would travel in here. So I appreciate everybody. Sam's family, Sam's friends have been very supportive and all the love we were shown on the internet. We're very thankful for, um, but I'm scared to fucking death. I had no idea what was going to happen. I hope I'll be a good dad. And uh, thank you, everybody, for the love, honestly. With that being said, Sam, you're a badass. Yeah. Right? yeah. Congrats.
1: Congrats. congrats. You both. <clears throat> it was a lot, though.
0: That's crazy. Oh, yeah. We walk into the hospital, and it's like, we're pregnant. We're happy. Sam's having a little pain, uncomfort, mm-hmm. discomfort, or whatever. Yeah. Should we go to the hospital? this just, just she's pregnant. Is there going to be discomfort? Is it pain? Are you going to be in pain whenever mm-hmm. you're pregnant? Is something mm-hmm. going to go on? Go into the hospital and then like fucking we get there and they're like, oh, we need to do emergency surgery right now, internal bleeding. We don't need to bleed anymore. You might die or whatever. It's like, this is terrible. What, yeah, what the what? F-? So then whenever Sam wanted to do it again, I was like, are we sure we want to you know, do this again? And Sam, like being a mom. I think is something that a lot of women, I'm not saying every woman, because I've seen people that have bad moms that that exists out there. And I think we need to remember that Mm -hmm. whenever we hear stories about somebody, oh, they did this to their mom. It's like, well, let's ask what mom did too. Because there is some people that have bad family members. A majority though, let's assume there's a majority of great moms out there. I think like naturally want to be mom, yearn to be a mom. Mm -hmm. I think it's in there. But also I feel like can prove to be great moms. And I think Sam had all those. Things. Like, I think Sam wanted to be. I think she yearned to be. And I think she wants to be an incredible mom. So I'm happy we got back in there. I'm happy IVF existed. Big shout out to Dr. O'Leary. Uh, she was the doctor through it all for, uh, through the IVF. She's a badass, former Air Force. Dad, I think. Damn. Yeah. I think, I, well, think, yeah <laughs> I think she's bad. She's been really cool. She's been a support system for Sam who sends a text. Because every once in a while, we'll just wake up. And I can't feel. So I have no... Mm-hmm. And she'll be like, oh, I'm having a little... And our automatic reaction is like,
2: "Yeah, something's oh, wrong." Shit. oh, no,
0: mm-hmm. oh, no, oh, no. So then she'll text Dr. O'Leary, and she'll get a text back from Dr. O'Leary like, oh, that's gas. And I'm like, oh, this is what I feel. Like. Sam, are <laughs> oh, you just going to go shit your pants right now, Sam? Is that what you got to do? She goes, stop, I don't do that. I'm like, that sounds like you just... Well, <laughs> know. It sounds like you just... <laughs> and it's like it becomes... Obviously, I'm not supposed to be the guy that is in those situations, mm-hmm. but it's been a fun process. It's been a grueling, I think, for Sam. She's been... One hundred and fifty shots. She's
1: damn. One
0: hundred and fifty. I've become pretty good, though. I want. I will say syringe at the drawing, switching the needle, putting Mm -hmm. the other needle in, uh, antibacterial wipe, putting it in there like you're throwing a dart. Yeah, it's like you're supposed to. Like it's supposed to go in there like it's a dart, and then the clean, and then also the conversation with the wife as she's crying because I'm stabbing her every single night. That is a tough thing for Mm -hmm. a relationship to Mm -hmm. go through because she would be like nauseous and sick because she's pregnant. So I come home. I make a sound. It's making her feel even worse. It's like ah, my presence is not good here. So then I know an hour from now I'm gonna have to give her a shot too. And I'm like, oh. so I'm just gonna stand here and I'm just gonna. I'm just going to try not to fuck anything up uh-huh. right now. I'm just going to be quiet. So then I got to give her a shot. And she's sleeping because she's tired or whatever. So I have to wake her up. I'm like, hey, I got to give you a shot. That's not the best news, right? Yeah, no, <laughs> that's not the, that's not the best news to wake up to. So uh, so like, then I wake her up, get her ice bag. She puts it on there. And she hates needles, obviously. So like, she has had to face her fear here, like dive into a pit of needles, basically. And then every single time, it's painful. Mm-hmm. And then you hear your wife, who you love, go, uh, like, agony almost. And it's yeah. like, this is tough. This is very difficult. But we're incredibly lucky that it worked uh, for now. Hopefully, we'll be able to continue this whole thing. And hopefully, I won't be the worst father of all time. That's what we're planning on. Dahmer's dad up there at number sure. one. Yeah. Uh, I think Hitler probably up there. Yeah. Uh, sure. I think yeah. uh, Fogel's dad didn't do great either. Oh, I mean, yeah. there's a long list uh-huh. that we could go through, I guess. I'm just hoping not to be that. And Hopefully, little... Whatever the name is, okay. here we go. A lot of conversations on this particular program about what I'm sure. going to name the yep. kid. A lot of posture. Turns out I don't have a lot of decision making. Uh, yeah, I've learned that over the last forty-nine percent. Yeah, yeah. Two people have votes. Uh, mm-hmm. I have forty-nine percent of the vote. That's a huge percentage, massive. Right? But when the other person you do the math here has fifty-one so, percent, <laughs> oh, that's a little bit more. Yeah, that's the majority. That seems like that's going to be the winning vote. <laughs> uh, but I think we'll come do it uh, together. And I'm incredibly proud of Sam. I can't wait to be a dad. But I am scared to death. But so anyways, let's move on. Let's talk about some uh, other stuff going on in the world. Debut the NFL season makes no sense. Seven out of eight of the divisions, okay, seven out of the eight of the divisions have a team that is within three games of leading the division. <laughs> the only one that isn't is the NFC North, and that's because the Vikings are so far ahead yep. of everybody else, and everybody else kind of stinks. Anybody can make it at the end of the game, at the end of the season. Are we still sure that there's only like four or five teams in the Josh Allen news that his elbow is mm. sprained? which I think a sprain is a partial tear. Yes. I, I don't know the actual medical, but I think they classify a sprain as a partial tear of a ligament. So he has a partial tear of the UCL on the inside of his elbow. He didn't tear it, so he's not out completely. He doesn't need Tommy John. That can recover. Does that change your thoughts on any of the teams that are going to make it, or do you still think there's like four or five teams that are going to be able to go? Uh,
4: I still think it's four or five teams right now that kind of have separated themselves this far. But like you said, it's a long season left, and this first half didn't make much sense. We can assume that the second half will have just as much drama. But uh, obviously, this injury to Josh Allen is huge. Obviously, you know it's his throwing arm; he's throwing, but he runs a lot. He's pretty much their run game for, for a, a large majority of it, at least. So, um, that's that's big for the Bills, especially in that division when everybody's over five hundred. You know, the Patriots at the bottom at five and four. So, um, you know, good defenses; they're zero two right now in the division so I, that's a huge huge question mark I think so too talking. and I, I think the and it is it, is it a star? Yeah. Okay. yeah 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 it's
0: not good now he is a guy and we talked about this yesterday who just run just put him, just do what Malik Willis is doing in Tennessee. (laughs) I don't think they'll do that to Josh Mm -hmm. Allen because they're paying him a couple hundred million dollars and Mm -hmm. he's got an absolute rocket. But the sprain, maybe they rest him the next few. they got Vikings coming up, which is a big game. And then they got, I think, the Lions and the Bears Bears after that. No offense to either of those teams, but I think that Buffalo Bills team is good. You could technically get him like a three-week rehab rest before divisional games end up towards the end of it. I'll be excited to see what the Buffalo Bills do. Joining us now is a man who I don't know if he's ever had any ucl issues but i do know he's on espn all day every day That's hell, yeah. it's called nfl games this year it's called college games this year he has been on get up first take uh Jay j will yeah yep, yep. max and max, and
2: Zoo- max. formerly zubin uh-huh.
0: he's been mm-hmm. on everything oh, because this is football season former teammate of darius butler at yes, UConn, uconn who UConn might be back UConn might be back. Yeah. <laughs> might be back. It may be offense coordinator for Colts. That's what the internet Let's me. go. Oh, yes. Ladies and gentlemen, Daniel Slavsky.
5: Yeah, Daniel! And, what's up, dude? What's up, boys? How we doing?
0: Hey, life is good. How are you, man? I can't believe we got a chance to get you on the show and that you're not already on TV right now. You know, you're on TV all yeah. day, every day during the football season. How are you doing? You good? I'm
5: great, man. A couple more weeks of pandemonium, but all is good, dude. All is good.
0: You've been sending some sub-tweets at a lot of people, hasn't he? Yeah, what's yeah, going yeah. on, yeah, man? you been doing a lot of sub Did you just learn of sub-tweeting, or what is going on? You, you just want to let people know that you know, or how is this all <laughs> happening?
5: You know what I mean? I get really frustrated by that, and it's, it's a little childish by me to send a sub-tweet, no doubt about it, but um, I just... I mean, I'm just going to give you an honest answer here. It takes a lot of hard work to figure that stuff out and find it. And then when you do it on TV and or the internet and then someone basically takes it and kind of redistribute it, redistributes it as their own thing. It- Candidly pisses me off.
0: So, <laughs> yeah, Dan, it happens to us like I think every day. But I do understand why you could get mad about it. I appreciate that you got mad about it. But you have become a sub tweeter. Remember, oh, people yeah. thinking that we're friends or something like that. Yeah, I we had to ain't like text
1: after that. Yeah, what's that? I had to shoot him a text. Me too. Hey, Dan, w-
0: oh, you good? Yeah. Oh, good. Is everything okay, Dan? I just want to let you know, Dan. We all love you, bub. And all these people that are stealing you, everybody knows. Yeah. And all these people that are talking bad about you, fucking. Everybody knows who you are. You're fucking Dane Orlovsky, dude. Hell yeah. Hey, keep it going, yeah, Dane. Fuck down, Dane. Dan. Fuck Come on, Dane.
5: Well, I, I never have a problem with you or D Butt, um, North Tire, Boston. Oh, nice. Um, no, North fuck, Zito. damn, Tony. Boys are all good, Tony. Yeah, um, hey. Nice. But before all that, congratulations, Bud. I know we talked this morning, but congratulations publicly. Phenomenal news for you.
0: Thank you, man. I've seen you be a great dad. You know, I'm scared to death. Hopefully, I'll be able to figure it out. My wife's You'll a badass. It,
5: hey, you. You and the missus will crush it. My wife actually texted me after we hung up. She's like, "Nakifis, you're having a kid," so she even knew.
0: Yeah, with a lot of response on the internet. Big thanks mm-hmm. to everybody for being nice. Big thanks to you for reaching out. I assume I'll be uh, calling and asking for advice. You got what? Ten kids over
5: there. I think so. It feels like that at times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, time-wise and cost. So. Yeah.
0: I don't think I'm going to do that. I, I'm going to have one spoiled brat.
5: Mm-hmm. Spoiled, spoiled yeah,
0: breath. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, sure. yeah going to have a work ethic, though. It's not going get crazy. It is a McAfee, so. You have to. Yeah, <laughs> you're going to have a work ethic. Going Go to have to. But we'll live the finer life, which kind of worries me. Kind of scares me a little. Let's get into football. Dan, Josh Allen, UCL. It is a sprain, not a tear. I think a sprain is a partial tear, but it's not a full tear, so I don't think Tommy John is needed. How do you think the Buffalo Bills are going to move on with this? And what do you think this means for Josh Allen's future? They have the Vikings this week, then they got the Lions and yeah. Bears, and then after the bears they have their divisional play to kind of close out the season that is going to be very important you think they rest them do you think that's going to be the play what do you think they do with josh allen dan
5: yeah so i think they rest them because they have a good enough football team as long as they get a little healthier on the defensive side to like sustain right for a couple weeks to see if case keenan can step in and play a little bit you know we had stefania bell on yesterday on live when this was kind of becoming a little bit more of a story and they were waiting on the news and Kind of something she said to me, or two things she said to me, kind of like stuck out. Because I asked her, I was like, "Well, how does Josh then throw a seventy-yard ball at the end of the game?" And she had mentioned, "Well, it's not um, like a pain tolerance thing. It is a, it Can is it. a, yeah. Well, correct. He's got an absolute howitzer, but like, it's it's not. I, I, this hurts too much to do. It's is Josh going to be able to do that three weeks from now? Because she Can mentioned it's to a it to reps. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. So like." How do they handle the practice of him? Is he one of those guys that doesn't need to practice and can go play? You know, so as for an organization that obviously went all in this year with the people that they put on their team and realizing and believing they're going to play into January, I sit there and go, is it worse? Because he's already had a UCL injury to that same oh, elbow, to that my that knowledge. two years right? ago, I think? Um,
0: two years ago, right?
5: Yeah, I, th- I thought she had mentioned eighteen, but um, oh, you know, when, however Jesus. long, however long ago, it's you know, I know Carson had it at the end of his career. So I just sit there and go for for a guy that that's a marquee part of his Good game. Point. The only reservation I have is they've scored twenty five touchdowns this year. Buffalo. Josh has accounted for twenty three of them. So I mean, when we say he's everything to them, he is literally everything to them. So. It's a tough spot for them to be in right now, but they've got to think long-term.
0: I guess McDermott said we'll see his day-to-day, and Josh said he's confident that he'll play, but is that the right move? Do you get him... Do you take some time here to try to get that thing as healed up as possible for when football actually matters? I mean, Mike Garofalo was reporting yeah. what Sean McDermott says. I don't know. I'll be interested to see how they balance it because they have a good roster. They have a great team. They have an incredible yeah. run game. Can you win games by doing that? Uh, and can you get to a point where you make it in the playoffs and are able to go on a run? We shall see. Speaking of making it the playoffs and going on a run, uh, the Indianapolis coach Jim Irsay, after his press conference, called Bob Kravitz and Mike Chappell uh, and basically told him, we ain't taking. We're, nine, seven, and one. Get you in the dance this year is what he said. He thinks Jeff Saturday is going to help the offensive line, which is in turn going to help the offense. The defense has been good. Jeff Saturday's hire has obviously brought a lot of attention to the Indianapolis Colts in a negative fashion. But allegedly, through Bob Kravitz and Chapel, Jim Mercy said we're still trying to make it. Damn How right. are you being? Are you going to be the offensive coordinator? Because I saw they hired oh, a guy yeah. who's thirty years old who seems to be, you know. A stud. I mean, Jeff Saturday wouldn't pick some bum to call plays. This guy's probably going to be a stud. But I've seen a lot of articles saying Dan Orlovsky was going to join the crew. And do you think Jeff Saturday can make that team a playoff team? And if he does, he gets a job forever, right? Or at least a job forever, I assume.
5: Yeah, so I know, like, one, I'm not going to be the offensive coordinator for the Colts this year. No, uh, what? Not on. On. I, said, I read on the internet.
0: Come
3: on, dude. Come on, Dino. Oh, not this year. Not this year. Uh, not this year, Bob. Uh, it's um, a breeding ground for the coaching staff.
0: No, that's him using leverage right there, saying not this year. So in the off season, uh, he can just tell you. He... Oh, 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 oh,
3: best oh, friend. Best oh. you've had like a Tom Brady style glow up.
0: And what? Do you have a? Do you have yeah. a, a stomach protector? Do you have a stomach protector on right here? Or?
5: No, that was the uh, that that's the infamous <laughs> winner, dude.
0: That's oh, that's the ball. The ball.
5: The oh. Winner.
0: Oh. oh, oh, respect, respect. Okay, hell of a win, yeah. hell of a win, yeah. hell of a win. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and you do look much better now than he did then. But he had to be geez. built for you know battle. That he was getting hit a lot yeah. for yeah. us. I don't know about everywhere else. He was getting hit a lot oh. with <laughs> us, though. I don't. Doesn't I don't know. love Saturday then. Uh, anyway, so you're gonna. My
5: wife was pregnant. I yeah, yeah. That was a tough look right there. Oof.
0: Yeah, you won us um, games there. You almost lost us luck. You won us games, yo, games.
5: honestly. Honestly, <laughs> yeah. when I when I see pictures of myself, I just I go to my wife and I go, "What? Like, why did you ever choose to sleep with me willingly?" <laughs> like, <laughs> Dan, don't be that harsh. Yeah, on. Come on, Come on, dude. Cannon, that's why. Well, that's that's a, Dan, t- that's, kidding
1: me?
0: That's a top
5: presentation. That's a
1: seven yards slant better than anybody in the New England region. What are you talking about? Dan? What is your problem, <laughs> uh, What's your problem, Connor? It's true. What's your problem, King of UConn? D Bud has told me about when he hey, got uh, on hey, campus. I don't, I don't want go what to UConn, UConn.
4: if there's no Dan Orlowski, Boom. Yeah. Much. And that's the truth. Damn it. Boom.
0: It's not because of how you looked, but you didn't look terrible. <laughs> yeah. But nonetheless,
5: are you you're going to be
0: offense coordinator next year for the Colts if Jeff Saturday's the guy or what?
5: Uh, I have no idea, dude. I have no idea. <laughs> Dan, they wrote
0: fifteen articles. You had to have said something. Yeah. Yeah, you? Oh, oh now you're all shy. What? Are we what are we, you didn't. You didn't say that. You
5: no, were- dude. Like, yep. You know, I said this yesterday, Pat. Like Jeff and I have had so many. Conver- I've ne- and I've never had conversations with this like this with people. Um, at least as I's, I've been in this profession over the last four or five years, and. You know, every week I would see Jeff on Monday afternoons in the green room and I'd walk in and like immediately we'd have these conversations of what was going on in the NFL. Like, dude, did you see this team? And, and my goodness, how bad was this stuff that they did? Or why the heck Raiders. did they do this? Or what do you think's the problem of this team and all that stuff? So we had all these like conversations and we would talk about the philosophy of how teams were doing stuff and what they were doing well and what they weren't doing well. And we've always talked, you know, Jeff and I would have these conversations of, you know, where, where are you on coaching? Would you ever get into coaching? Um, Do you want to coach now? Do you want to coach in the future? And and I'm just like assuming that these are just conversations we're having. And then the news breaks and, you know, I put two and two together and I'm like, Oh, you know, that's kind of, partly what jeff was experiencing, maybe not because i know he's just said Urse just called him this past weekend but um, preparing for what's that
0: maybe he was preparing for you're saying
5: yeah so i don't know like i i I, the more i get away from football as a player the, the the closer i want to get back into coaching so to speak like the more i miss that um but like I said, like I like what I'm doing right now, but I have no clue what the I have no clue what the future holds. It has to be a good situation. Good
0: leverage. Remember the guy that sent a bunch of emails to somebody. He used to do this every single offseason to ESPN. He was gonna be the next head coach at this place, and then boom, signs an extension worth a uh, hundred million dollars yeah. with ESPN. And then the next offseason, oh I'm gonna be the head coach this. Boom! <laughs> boom. <laughs> another extension with another signing bonus. And not, this is a good play out of you, Dan. Hey, can't wait to see what coaching role you take in the offseason Hell yeah. Right? yeah, here we go, Dan. Or on ESPN. Hey, or on ESPN. Do you think Jeff Saturday has any chance to turn that thing around? He does not know the offense. I don't think he knows a lot of the people there. He said, I'm drinking from my yeah. fire hydrant. And he also said, I asked Jim, why am I a candidate for this job? Do you think he has any chance of success or set up for success at all? And what do you expect from him this year?
5: I think the only chance that he has is that they fully embrace going like the Baltimore Ravens style of offense, where they use Ellinger the same way that Baltimore uses Lamar. Like, Hey, we are, we're going to go 80% running the football and we're playing 11 on 11. If, if, if they were going to continue to play the style of offense that they have, then Matt Ryan should be the starting quarterback. Um, and their offensive line has been so poor, you know, and Jonathan hasn't been healthy. I it's, unless they go into that style and try to play 11 on 11 as much as possible, I don't see it this year. Um, I also think that Mr. ursay has got to be sitting back doing, going, dude, I need my quarterback. I have I have no shot in this conference. You know, he's done the plug-and-play, good roster plug-and-play, and it and hasn't worked for three years. So um, I'm not sitting here saying like it didn't work. they're not going to try to win. No.
0: Last year, it didn't. That's crazy. It
5: didn't, it didn't with Philip?
0: No, no, yeah, Philip won a playoff game. Yeah, well,
5: last year, it didn't work, though, yeah, the right? Do you think yeah. so? Well, I mean, I don't think is just trying to get to the playoffs, right? Don't you believe that he wants to change No, no, no. I agree. Yeah, Phil Rivers it's
0: it's kind as a fail. He got to the playoffs, yeah. but it's kind it mm-hmm. as a fail. He mm-hmm. retired. Couldn't talk win. to him on a mega cast because it's the con. Yeah. I love Phil Rivers. Miss mm-hmm. you, Phil. You're saying last year it didn't it's work? Done. Why it didn't work last year? Why didn't the plug and play with the quarterback position didn't work last year?
1: Why? Because
5: they're because they got whooped at the line of scrimmage week 7, week 8, week 17, week 18. Oh. And the quarterback didn't work. well oh okay oh. there it is thank you okay yeah. i'm taking it on the shins
0: from people that listen to what you say about carson wentz and are like oh the quarterback authority on espn told me the carsons are in blah 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 and i'm like did you watch the games are you watching are you watching Daniel Oscar or are you watching the games i think carson wentz is he done is he is he done you think because you said at the end of his career you said earlier with the ucl thing you think he's done
5: um i think it's tough to sit there and say that he's a right now in, an unquestioned starter anywhere
0: all right i'd like to let everybody know that was dan that said that yeah yep. mm-hmm. okay so you show up at my mentions and you're attacking me with this guy's words i'm gonna use that clip and i'm gonna say did you fucking hear him say this that's what i'm gonna <laughs> say back because it is a real thing you've been a big Carson once advocate for a long time Carson Wentz comes to Indianapolis. He plays great football. Then he plays some football. It isn't fantastic. They don't get to the playoffs. Jim Irsay decides to move on. Let's get a. He goes to the Commanders. He goes down. Taylor Heineke starts winning games. For him. I mean, it's like a whole different, it's a whole different thing. Now, it hasn't worked here, so I don't think Carson Wentz was to blame here. Obviously, uh, as we're all seeing it all kind of pan out, it is not his, but I don't think he's winning a Super Bowl for anybody going forward, which is all we're really looking for. And if you talk to Jim Mersey, that's what Jim Mersey wants too. We don't tank around here for anybody. He's Said he'll get a quarterback in the draft if one's there, but he's looking at Sam Ellinger right now making some big league throws. Oh, his yeah. exact quote to Kravitz. Uh, Darius has a question for I you. I will say this. Go ahead.
5: Wait, just on the, whole, the whole philosophy of like, we want a quarterback. I think this year's college class is talented. If I was a team and I knew I stunk, candidly, I'd wait till the year after. I think the kid from North Carolina is going to be the number one pick, and I think the kid from USC is going to be the number two pick, and I think they're both better than anybody in this class. You you got we Caleb know.
0: up there? You got Caleb as NFL prospect?
5: Oh, I think stud. Yeah? The Drake. kid from North Carolina is a freak.
0: Drake. Drake is unbelievable. He has like 400 and some yards rushing, too. I think he has
5: uh, – He's a stud. He should be the one. He
0: has like six He's rushing touchdowns? He's got
5: Josh touchdowns? Allen. He's got Josh Allen traits.
0: Yeah, and he's Ooh. young. He's a young guy over there. Mac Brown, good coach. Mac Brown creates NFLers, mm. so I think he's got a lot of people in there. I think we're going to try yeah. to get that Drake kid on this show at some point Here during the season. Mm. I think Drake May. The North Carolina people have reached out to us to say, "Hey, we go on there." So you're saying next year there isn't a young guy? You're saying there, C.J. Bryce? Who else? Will um, Levis? I think Van Dyke.
5: Bryce Young. Bryce is- Young is. They benched him. I- yeah, um, down there,
0: at Miami. He was supposed to be top five yeah. guy. He mm-hmm. got benched.
5: He yeah, that that Bryce is crazy. Bryce is crazy talented, and he's so good. But you got to be okay. He's not big, man. Like he and I'm. I'm. I'm using that phrasing strategically. He's. He's little. Like Bryce is little. Whoa. man. Like little. Yeah. Little. And that's got to be a thing for you. Maybe it isn't. Maybe it, it is. But I've heard 11, great things about CJ. Play faster. Mm-hmm.
0: Stroud. I've heard great CJ things. C.J.
5: Stroud's talented. No. I, I haven't had an Ohio State game this year yet, so I don't know.
0: I've heard he. Uh... Yeah. That's what I've heard about CJ. Yeah. Like, it, not only is he an incredibly hard worker, he, and you've seen yeah. him use his money that he's gotten NIL deals for mm-hmm. his teammates. He seems to be a right. great leader. Seems like everybody yeah. likes him. He wins a lot. But I've been told by people that he just, like, yeah. recalls. Uh, any,
5: honestly, any quarterback that goes to Ohio State, I think, is going to be set up for tremendous success in the NFL. Cause I, Ryan Day, I think, is the best offensive mind in football, college football up there with Lincoln and, Sark, but they're studs.
0: Anyways, can't wait to see Hendon Hooker as an Indianapolis Colt next year. <laughs>
5: uh, Darius has a question for you. Dan-O.
0: Hey,
4: Dan. Uh, obviously, a lot of news, a lot of talk about the Jeff Saturday hire, but I think um, even more of a challenge this weekend, especially is going to be on Parks Frazier, you know, putting together. Obviously, he has some experience, help putting together a game plan, but what's that process going to be like for him this week with a young quarterback actually putting together a game plan and calling yeah. plays uh, this, uh, this upcoming weekend?
5: Yeah, so I think you guys have heard me say there's a massive difference between game planning and playing calling plays. You know, game planning is scientific in many ways. Like, you study the tape. This is what they run. These plays should work against that. And it's repeatable. Like, it's observable. So that's really, – I think game planning is easy. Calling plays is like a – it's a storytelling. It's an art. It is a feel, um, you know, and it's a – like, you're, you have to see things before they happen, so to speak. So, I think that's, like, the biggest challenge for him. I don't know how many guys were options in Indy. Like, how many guys know the lingo. Fact, yeah. um, and, and, you know, I thought maybe Matt Ryan would be a guy. called. Oh, yeah, we man. all
0: – hey, that's literally our first thoughts. And then we yeah. got laughed out of a combo.
5: I've <sighs> actually been in this situation before. Um, I think in, like, 2014, we were going – 14 or 15, I was in Detroit – they fired our offensive coordinator mid-season, right before we were going to London, I mean, and um, they they gave Jim Bob, Bob Cooter the play-calling role. Oh yeah, at JBC Jim Bob Cooter, lucky, and it was all, like we were on the road in London actually, and um, maybe this was '17. You guys did well, and didn't I did you? Remember, what's up?
0: Didn't you do well? I remember you guys did well, didn't you? When JBC came in there.
5: Um, as, this, as like that last final weeks or eight weeks went on, yes, our first game, we got absolutely slaughtered by Kansas city, like 45, 14 or something, or 44, um, 10. Yeah. So I just think like, I, I just, you know, like I would imagine it's going to be very predictable because you're going to sit there. He's never been in those moments before. And like, you might have D but you know, this Pat, you, like, you might have five, Third and four calls, yeah, and you might have five third and fours in the first quarter, <laughs> and then all of a sudden, what do you do on third and four, and four like third quarter type thing, you know? So,
4: whatever, yeah.
5: but then that's predictable. So, like, but well, then there's Darius
0: sitting on the other side, and I was like, oh, uh, they did okay. this in the
5: first fucking yeah. quarter, yeah. not even like two weeks, yeah, ago. this is in the first. So quarter. I just think that's um, it, it'll be um, um, but again, they the might have. What's that? The for be- Sam that they implement that becomes that 11-on-11 11 11 zone read RPO-based offense.
0: Defense has not been terrible.
4: No. Defense not, has
0: not been terrible. They've, they've been held up
4: their end of the, of the uh, bargain for sure. I, I actually want more, too, Dan. I know you make you make some big statements, obviously, on the network, but <laughs> who right now? I got my guy down in Miami. I think he's probably the best play caller right now, at least this year, Mike McDaniels. But in your opinion, who's dialing it up the best right now around the league?
5: uh mike mike mcdaniel i would put at the very top of the list for sure um i'd say shane waldron in seattle
0: hey, gotta so, be up into
5: that call. hey did you oh. hear about
0: this did you hear about this they're using a call sheet because is okay with it and russell wasn't or a wristband this year and shane waldo said that it's making things run much more smooth in his eyes or something like that did you hear that
5: yeah i could i did not hear that but you know like, obviously the play call gets in a lot quicker Um, You're breaking the huddle. It gives you time at the line of scrimmage. Your tempo in and out of the huddle is really good. I think they're the best offense right now outside of maybe San Fran of making everything look the same. You know, like I'm going to do a thing on live today. I'm going to do a thing on live today where, um, you know, like against Arizona this past week, they came out, and D-Butter really appreciate this because he's a full-go nerd, kind of like me. Like they came out and they went fake outside zone bootleg keeper, on the first play of the game and then the next time they presented that same look they handed the outside zone off in the mm-hmm. first half so they went throw to run as opposed in the second half the first play they go similar like set and they run the outside zone so then that's flipped and then the very next time they get to that set they run the keeper game out of it so um hey
0: we she, sorry you're gonna do that on live you said
5: might yeah, steal that shit.
0: Darius already had it. You we already had it in. We're doing it third hour. Dan, you Don't son steal a bitch. my
2: shit, oh, Dan. Son yeah, of oh, a bitch third hour. That's <laughs> and that's that'll be like an, an hour,
0: hour before. before.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Yes, bro, See, bro.
0: Go back to the drawing board, Dan. All
4: right. Sorry about right. Sorry. it. Can't read
0: it. Oh, yeah, great minds, yeah, I, I
4: guess. The same yeah. great, hey, great
1: minds thinking alike. Great minds. Yeah, Thank you, God. But, you know, you had it first, so man. you're a thief if you, you do it on NFL. If you can only throw a
5: D-Bot. you could have played quarterback.
0: Yeah.
1: Oh, oh
5: shit.
0: shit. No, I think he could have, sure. by the way. He probably could have. Played could've. in high
4: school. That was good enough. Um,
0: yeah. just a, but, we're um, not doing it. You can do it. We'll, we'll actually <laughs> do something
4: different. Yep. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So Just so it doesn't appear as if you stole from us, because we don't want you, especially after that tweet you
1: Well, that's the thing. You could copy and paste his tweet and put it out yourself then, because he would be stealing from D-Buck. Well, that's what I'm saying, though. We don't need to put our guy Dan into the position where he would look like a hypocrite, because
0: okay. we were planning on doing that yep.
4: exact thing. We got time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We'll be able to
0: draw something up at the commercial On break. the fly. Yep. Yeah, yeah, because you were like, man, the throw the first time. Normally, it's a run yeah, the first time. Yeah, they don't usually do that. Either. And then the next time was the run. Well, it's they yeah. always
5: keep you on your heels. I don't know if you're being serious or not. Like, on, that's our
0: whole show. Yeah, yeah, what are you talking about? <laughs> that's our whole show, Dad. That's our Come whole on.
4: show. Wait, d
5: are, are you for real? Hey,
4: on, you, hey, Tune It went uh, three, yep. 3 o'clock. Find
5: out. Maybe D-Buck can give us his candy rankings.
0: Yeah. and We talk about Reese's Peanut Butters and everything. but nonetheless we won't do it so you can do it on nfl live you
5: guys do it
0: you guys do it no 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 no,
4: no. no. the world needs to see it from a lot of plays a lot of a lot of games out there i go to dolphins yeah we'll figure something else out man
0: it's all right anyways how about ken dorsey dude you like him what about andy Reid? he's always going to be fantastic you like those guys you think they're just all kind of in an upper (laughs) tier up there
5: Andy's great, uh, obviously. Dorsey's been awesome. I like the way that Dorsey's used their fullback a little bit. Um, uh, I actually thought the Jets defensively were great against Dorsey. I think Kellen, what Kellen's done since Dak has been back with like the personnel flexibility, has been really cool. Um, and the way they've used their tight ends and CD, you know, CD was lining up in the backfield a little bit for a stretch. So I kind of like that. Um, Arthur Smith. Oh, God bless oh, Arthur Smith for the freaking stuff, man. Um, all right. Well, so there's, maybe, there's, there's a group that's still
0: really good. But we've been told you, that you will not join that group this year, though. Maybe next if Here Jeff's able go. to figure it out. Uh, a couple of the boys have some questions for you. Is that all right, Dan? Yes, sir. Boston, Connor, Manny, you said it was okay as opposed to Tony Diggs, who you said to fuck off to. Connor, your question for Dan Orlovsky. Yeah,
1: very nice, Dan. Dan. And I assume you left this name off your list because you're going to give him his praise later on. But why is Matt Patricia probably the offensive coordinator (laughs) of the year? And why do you think that people are right when they blame Mac Jones for the Patriots' (laughs) struggles?
5: Um, Do you want to rephrase that? No. Uh, No. Would would you like to rephrase that? Would you like to
0: rephrase it, Dan? Is that something that sounds like you would like to rephrase?
5: I mean, their head coach came out and said that the middle linebacker of the other team seemed to know the (laughs) plays. Yeah, he did. Hey,
1: still got got the job done and got the (laughs) win. So who cares? Maybe that was part of the play. It's not always Uh, pretty. MIT.
5: So, like, I I think the Patriots offense um, is wildly predictable. Do I think that – so here's here's my issue with Patriots fans right now. Like I posted a clip yesterday where the spacing on their offense stunk and what? Everyone oh, so did we? Like, yeah. What
0: time did you post that? What time?
4: I don't remember. Fiend.
0: oh no, Fiend. it better be early in the morning because we come on at noon, dude. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, we were so we did as well. We just not It was
5: before noon.
1: Okay, okay, okay. I for okay. me. We okay. apologize. It right. was before noon. Are you sure?
5: All right, no, no worries. No worries. Um, Let's go back to the Patriots. Yeah. Right. it was before noon. Check
6: yeah,
5: um, it. I don't know if you're ever being serious. <laughs> <laughs> What's
0: that, dude? Come on, man. Let's talk about the Patriots. I,
6: I just don't want to
5: be. Um,
0: I don't want you to be Here's happy. my
5: here's my thing. Here's my thing with Patriots fans right now. Um, like, yes, the, Mac Jones has regressed, but Patriots fans seem to think that Mac Jones has regressed because. Like by himself, solo, just this solo I've regressed mission. And they don't believe that there's anything to attribute to that the play calling is not good. It is not creative. It is relatively predictable. The spacing on offense is bad. The timing on the offense is so bad. So it's like you want to tell me that you want to tell me that the quarterback that was a, a pretty darn good player last year and that the head coach all offseason raved about has regret, and it has nothing to do with the fact that that our offensive line cannot drop back pass protect and the play caller is a defensive coach. Whoa. And that, that That's not the reality for Patriots fans. Well,
0: I do so, know that old Cousy guard got benched two times already this season. Yeah, yeah. back-to-back what? games. What's his name? Cole it's, Strange. It's, it's that, Wait what Cole Strange has uh, been benched twice. Yeah, yeah. remember? He's That's been talking he, about how good he, he is and everything yeah, like that.
2: Hall
1: of
0: Famer. Yeah, Hall of Famer. This guy is. is unbelievable. He's been benched the last two games. Get him off the field. I can't protect anybody.
1: Yeah, I'd rather him go the route of Cole Strange than, you know, say Quentin Nelson. Yeah, I'd rather him be where he's at right now. <laughs> Oh, Jesus. Just, just throwing that out there. No Dan,
0: those eyes were warranted. There's no reason for him to do what he just did. <laughs> Quentin Nelson was doing nothing. He's just hanging out with his new coach right now. Yeah, yeah. Well,
1: I mean, hey, look, I, oh, I can dude, say that. No. Dan's the one up here saying Patricia is a big, fat, dumb defensive <laughs> coach. I don't know why he's throwing <laughs> that out there. Right, he's just Jeez. saying it's
0: something to think about. Dan, that's what you're thinking? It's something to think about. At least these should be warranted in the conversation whenever we're talking about max regression is what you're saying?
5: Yeah, I mean, how many? I'm, Pat, ask yourself. You've been, you guys been around. How many guys do you know that were young in their careers that regressed with good coaching?
4: There you go, Brian Lee. The only ones that oh, stink. <laughs> Ty,
0: your question for Dan is: We ponder this AFLAC trivia question.
2: Dan, when you look at the <laughs> Packers. And I don't necessarily want to do this, but, like, where do you think the, the blame lies? Like, when everything is kind of just – everything looks like shit. Like, is it more on Lafleur? Is it more on Rodgers? Is it on the offense as a whole? Obviously, the defense hasn't been very good. But, like, how, how, do, how do they correct that? Can they correct that? And do you think that this season is salvageable at all? I don't think the
5: season is salvageable anymore after that loss. <laughs> um, that was a shocking loss. like I don't know like blame I I can I can sit here and say like the defense has been incredibly underwhelming for a defense that is absolutely loaded and for a team that took two first round picks when they traded away their second best player and did nothing to increase the defensive performance with those two picks you've got to sit there and go like the defense and the, the those additions have failed um I think the reality is this it's it's this is no longer Matt LaFleur's offense, I can tell you that. At least the offense that he grew up in and has been calling. I don't know why it's that case. But it is It is no longer like your motion, shift, um, under center, play-action, run offense. It is gun, RPO to the side, and we're just going to take a drop-back, go-route, deep shot. So I don't know like why that has become the case. That's certainly what is been impacting this offense um Bakhtiari's health obviously a big deal Elkin Jenkins health and lack of performance oh Affleck
0: trivia question for you out- <laughs> Affleck like, trivia question for you have you ever seen somebody play first couple drives almost score a touchdown but get intercepted ride a bike for the rest of the game get put on the injury report as questionable then come back for the last drive and still have the same knee from the beginning of the game What's going on with him? You think, Bakhtiari? Right. Honestly, what is your thought on? I have I don't know him as a like I'm I'm not friends with him. We are friendly. I've talked to him. But, man, yeah. if I'm in that locker room, I think it would be difficult to fully comprehend what the fuck's going on with one of our best players where it's seemingly opting not to play. Now, I didn't ask Aaron about this because Aaron and he are tight. I can't ask AJ about it because I think AJ and here are tight about it, and I don't want to put AJ in a position. But have you ever seen anything like that? And am I getting a misread on that? Is that what's happening? And is that appearing to be what's happening there?
5: It certainly appears that way. I have no idea. I- I've never seen anything because why can you play on the last drive, but you can't play on the second, the last drive, third, last drive, continue to play throughout the game. Um, I, I've never seen anything like that. And that's a big part of, like, their offense right now is they yeah. can't protect. Is that why they're calling it that way? You know, it's – And he's fucking is- good. Yeah. He's really good. Like, he's, like, a game changer. I mean, he's gone from top three left tackle in football to, you know, barely impacting their offense. So, that, their offense – you know, like That's I wanted cool. them to make a trade at the, at the deadline for a receiver because I believed it would help, and I think it still would have. But they've got issues, man. They just, and my biggest issue th- is this, Ty. Like for a team that has a relatively decent run game, they do nothing off that run game. So there ain't no point in having a good run game. Like there's, there's no point in having a good run game if you don't use it to help other parts of the offense.
0: So gloom and doom. Yeah. All, right. <laughs> Uh-oh. All right. Uh oh. All right. Good luck with the rest of yeah. the yeah. season, good Ty. Good Yeah, yeah better, you got a beautiful baby. Yeah, that's right. you got a beautiful baby. The Iowa Hawkeyes, Hawkeyes have a, a Big, football season next year. Sure. Yeah. No, we're
2: still playing for a Big Ten West title. Are you kidding me? Oh, sure. you're right.
1: Because What's oh, the
0: record right now? Oh, right. Uh, three and – Well,
2: four. The Big Ten
1: oh. West is three and three. Yeah, three and three, five and four total. Not to mention the Vegas Golden Knights. Yeah, hottest team in the NHL. All right, nobody cares.
0: All right, Dan, we appreciate you so much for joining us. though know you probably got a busy day. Can't wait to see what you steal from Darius Butler on NFL it. Live. Yikes. <laughs>
5: I would never still Darius's stuff without his permission. Oh, I agree. all right. That's very mean. nice of you. Right.
0: And everything we said to you was not real. We did not post anything about that yesterday. No. We were learning about it as you were telling us in the thing. <laughs> we had to tell you about it. What well, you were talking about with the uh, the throw to the run on the boot, with the naked, with the cl- – yep. we we had no idea that existed. Yep. Just had
1: that's totally good. had
0: me sold. Well, okay. yesterday we did um, have the
1: Seahawks uh, Kenneth Walker run. So if he uses that, because that was one of the big bumps, right? Or yeah,
0: that... yeah. Don't be stealing from AQ either. I mean, yeah. AQ. AQ's no, just... a- Go ahead.
5: He does a good job. I like to I like to pay attention to those and learn from them because I don't know a ton about run game like that.
0: Well, and also pass protection. I think he has pointed out you don't know a ton about either. I think he has said. I think he has said that, not me. I'm just saying what AQ because you blamed the offensive line. I think last year, which actually led to this segment. That is why. Thank you, Dan. 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 Thank you for that, Dan. <laughs> That's why I the- haven't
5: received any royalty out of that. That's weird.
0: <laughs> well, you have, you know, because we're all benefiting from it because we're getting to learn something. But you blamed a center or something on something where the mic. Yeah, I
5: blame the center.
0: Yeah, and AQ was not happy about it. I don't know what. I got a text out of nowhere. Like, what? Is, this guy doesn't fucking know what he's talking. He said, do you have Dan's number? I want to text Dan. I'm like, what is going on? He said, you just buried this guy. He has no idea what he's talking about. Somebody to explain what he's talking about. I was like, well, would you like to do a oh, segment when you retire? He's like, yeah, That's in the weird. trenches. Well, I didn't, they, they got, in got into it this year, I believe, know, under though. the Bobble exchange. You guys got into it? What'd you guys get into it for? You blamed the center for something again?
5: No, 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 no.
0: No, <laughs> oh, well. it
4: was a three-step I got into drop it. pass bro.
0: No, yeah, just know that you can tell AQ like, oh, hey, cut fuck. it, you oh yeah,
4: cutting the D line, oh yeah, cutting the D line, get his hands yeah. down,
0: whatever. It's a run play, is what yeah. AQ said. Yeah. <laughs> it's a run play. How are they supposed to cut a guy? It's a run play. It's a run pass option. How much supposed to cut somebody oh, on a run yeah, play? Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, he wasn't happy
5: about that. Yeah,
4: Hey, it's a locker room. Yeah, I man. don't know
5: necessarily how those offensive linemen are getting, in totality, taught in RPOs. Um, I don't love RPOs sometimes, so well, I, think, I, I, I don't. I, I think that's fair.
2: I think that's what AQ was saying. Yeah, yeah. Water under the bridge now. Yeah, yeah. well, and you hey. can
0: you can tell AQ to go fuck himself too. Like AQ is one of those guys that like. He, you wouldn't. Obviously, you say, go freak yourself, or whatever yeah. you would say. Fudge like, off. Like, fudge you. Like, you can't say that to AQ. Now, he's going to answer,
5: though. Like, mm-hmm. AQ, uh-huh. it's not
0: like, a, oh, okay, Dan, he's going to come back. Just know that you can.
5: Yeah, I can, I can respect that. Yeah,
0: you can have that give and take with him. Don't don't feel like, you don't have to necessarily uh, just say, like, oh, AQ is going to be right. He enjoys mm-hmm. the,
1: because
0: then he gets yeah. to. Mm-hmm.
1: Eat poop, AQ. Yeah, yeah, you know.
0: <laughs> yeah, fudge like- off, dude. You know what I mean? All right, Dan, we appreciate you watch you on nfl live you're the best you're he's having an bl- incredible season dude ladies and gentlemen well. yeah, and- oh. joining us now is a man who is in an attic in ohio we apologize for making him wait during the break telling all the people who won their giveaways for the last week that they won he's a college football national champion super bowl champion Ryder cup champion whoa Jeez. All-time leading tackler for the Green Bay Packers. Okay. His brother Ryan Hawk hosts a podcast that has 500 episodes. Congrats to him! God dang, no
2: easy feat, ladies
0: and gentlemen. AJ Hawk. Yeah. AJ, sorry for making you wait, pal. I apologize. We've been a bit scattered today with our conversations. Dana Shlopsky joined <laughs> us. Stuck around for a long time. Had an incredible debate about who's stealing what from who on the internet and on TV. But I want to let you know I'm incredibly proud of your brother, Ryan. 500 episodes in podcast games is not easy. I was pumped to jump on there earlier with you and your dad and Ryan. And
6: uh, you guys are good people. I just want to let you know that. Well, thank you. I know uh, we appreciate you jumping on there. We, uh, Ryan likes to do one of those with Pistol and myself every couple of years or so so you joined for a little while today and it was awesome you you uh you know you you brought the juice like you always do and we're very real so congrats also to you and Sam obviously publicly oh, i think, I think sure. it's awesome I, th- I know it's a process all that whole situation but Gonna be awesome.
0: You and I have been chatting through that, and I appreciate your support through this entire thing as well, AJ. You're an incredible father. I have a lot of great dads around me. I'm very fortunate for that. I am scared to death to become a dad, but what my wife has been through and gone through, she's an absolute badass, and we're pumped. You know, scared, I'm definitely scared. Pumped, though. Pumped, certainly pumped. And I appreciate you, AJ. Let's dive into the story of the day Josh Allen. It is a sprained. UCL as opposed to a fully torn UCL. I believe a sprain, and we've, everybody that we've talked to has agreed to this, and I think the internet agrees to it, a sprain is like actually a partial tear of something. That is why they say some things that are sprained are worse than if it was to break, because the partial tear isn't going to necessarily heal clean potentially, or how long it's going to take to heal. Sprain a little bit more unpredictable than like a clean break of something. A sprain full, or is a partial tear. Josh Allen is going to get a second opinion, obviously. They're going to do this. They have the Vikings this weekend, which is a massive game. Massive game. After the Vikings, they have the Lions who just beat the Packers. What? 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 Two games what? out of the wild card. What? What? And then they have the Bears who beat the Patriots. What? 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 If you look at the schedule with the Vikings coming up, obviously that's going to be an incredible battle of teams that we expect to be around in the long haul uh, because of how great they have been thus far. But then you look at the Lions and the Bears there. We potentially have a three-week span here where They know that he has a sprain. Do you think they're thinking about resting that at all, healing that, rehabbing that for the next three weeks so that whenever they get to the divisional play at the end of the season, he's maybe more healed? Or do you think this is the type of thing where they don't know if three weeks would be enough anyways? Let's put him out there. What are your thoughts on it? What do you think this does to the Bills, AJ Hawk?
1: Well, I
6: instantly, as you started talking, was thinking, all right, are they going to shut him down for three, four weeks, two, three, four weeks, whatever it may be? You know, he doesn't want to do that. He he will not. You have to pull him out of the line and probably take his helmet from him to uh, to get him to not go in there. But, yeah, I would. I want him healthy when it matters at the end. You know they're going to be there. They'll find a way without him. But I understand him wanting to play and all of that. But I'm thinking – I just don't know. With the injury, if, if they said – if Josh says, hey, if I sit three weeks, how is this going to feel almost 100% back? If they say – yeah, we think so, or they think, yeah, we don't really know, but it should help at least a little bit, then Josh like, no, I'm, gonna I'm going to play that. Yeah, if
0: it's a little bit, if it's not a guarantee that it's going to get better, because I think sprains can be unpredictable. I think I think there is, a, like, you don't know how it's going to come Especially back.
6: the throwing, you're throwing yeah. on too. Like, yeah. it can get... And right. You throw one weird, you drop down, throw a weird angle. Does that hurt it more? Like, how does that work? Well, and if it does heal a little bit and it does feel better with
0: one throw, is that thing? Yeah. Like, is three weeks enough time for it not only to heal but become strong enough for me to put any torque on it? Like, these are all questions I think they're probably asking, and we don't know the answers
6: to. The line changed, right?
3: Yeah, it was it's down two. to it – it opened at seven. It was down to five and a half yesterday. Right now, it's
6: – The Super Bowl odds changed. They don't have, I mean, it seems like the sports books do not have a lot of faith in him possibly playing this. Down to three and a half Who's the
1: backup quarterback? So I guess from seven and a half to three and a half? Seven to three and a half. The Vikings are a good team. Yeah, they're really good. It opened too, before this last past week, they were nine and a half. Point favorites. Yeah, the Bills have been a wagon. Yeah, a
6: I, I guess this will be the fourth potential backup quarterback or non-starter that the Vikings will have played this season. So I think that people are starting to hold that against them.
0: Yeah, a lot of people are saying the Vikings have been in battles with not good teams or whatever. Yeah, what they're, they're talking choice. about that.
4: It's the window. Yeah, because right? yeah, they, lo- they were losing those games last exactly. year. Exactly. A bunch of one-possession games, and we all know shit, a, that's a fine line between winning and losing. Getting lucky is so a big ways. part of it, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. The year we were 2-14. and uh-huh. 14.
0: Mm-hmm. I don't remember the exact stat, and I reference it a lot, so I should look it up and get the exact stat. One score game, like nine of those games or something like that. Like, So that is literally a ball comes off of a pinky and somebody picks it and scores. We're, we're, we win that
4: game. Like. I think that happened in – I was with Carolina that year, and we beat you guys like that. Caught, like a tip ball, interception. You did? Game, crucial but, yeah. no, no, crucial no
6: call or something by a ref.
4: Yeah. Yeah. I it, think that it, anything and,
0: and that was – we were a bad football team.
6: That's a bad football nine team. Games. Good teams create their own luck, though. Good teams tend to get lucky because they create their own luck by having 11 dudes run to the ball and you get tipped interceptions, things mm-hmm. like that. Oh, all of a sudden our linemen are running downfield, running like chasing our, our ball our, – Got to run the ball. He fumbles. Oh, our lineman's there to jump on it. Things like that. Time That's like we're creating. great nine. Nine.
0: Was
1: it nine? That's God. a
6: lot of games. Yeah, I
1: thought it was, though.
0: I think it's a lot of games. Like, I think it's a surprising amount of Like, we definitely would have made the playoffs. What like, year was Definitely would
6: have made the playoffs.
0: Uh,
4: 2011, 2011. yeah. Because
0: 212 yeah.
6: was. Uh, Luck. Is anyone getting just rocked week in and week out, though? Does anyone get blasted by double digits every week?
0: I know, not in the NFL. That's not a normal thing. That's why some of these massive spreads have been. Alarming, like, damn, the books are like 14 (laughs) and a half. Like, what the fuck? That's a lot of points. This is like a
1: college line. This feels like a college line. Two of college, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Like when colleges are playing out of conference, even the Jets last week against the Bills, they were 10 and a half point underdogs. And it's like the Jets have five wins. And the with the Bills, it's hard just because if they lose. Two of their next three, they can be go from first to last in their division. So, like, yeah. maybe they can, you know, rest. Yeah, Josh, the Jets Allen? and the
0: Dolphins, yeah, right, they're right
1: there. They're six and two, six and three. So, it's it's a terrible decision for the Bills. I would not want to make that one. Yeah, it's a terrible position or situation. Could be.
4: I think it's going to force them to evolve a little bit on offense too, include that run game. Yeah, because he's
0: what twenty three to twenty five touchdowns. What Dan Orlovsky said that. Hey, Dan Orlovsky said that. Fucking make sure. Mm-hmm. In the record books. Right? I, I'm tired
6: of people stealing yeah, Dan's bullshit. shit. Did you watch that? Did you watch us talk to Orlovsky? I got to see a good chunk of, of you guys in Dane. He was a bit confused, it seemed like. It did seem it weird. <laughs> seemed, seemed like
0: he was in a blender a couple of different <laughs> times. But, yeah, I, I understand why he's upset about that. I understand why he gets – he sent a sub-tweet that was basically like, if you're going to just steal other people's work, like give them credit, okay? No cap.
6: About this, it's called plagiarism. Okay. No, no cap. He didn't say no cap, did he? Yeah, he did. Yeah, I, think, I, I, think no. he, I
0: think he used the emoji. With the emoji. The yeah. blue. The blue. No. Cap. Wait, who stole? Who stole his stuff? God, that's the thing.
4: We everything just kind of blends. I thought
0: in. he said no cap. Yeah, everything <laughs> so, just kind of blends. Know. in. That's the show. That's the show, really, but.
4: A lot of people to the breakdown games. Eight one days.
3: score games in that season. Wow. Um, there was a stretch Jeez. though that um, you guys didn't score more than more than ten and lost sixty two to seven in one of those. That was the Saints. Yeah, yeah that was that's when you were team quarterback. I, I, threw,
0: I threw for ten thousand that week. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I felt that was good. a bad
3: month. A couple scenes there.
0: Seven in New Orleans. First play of the game. Oh, uh, I don't God. remember. I don't remember <laughs> if it was a botched handoff or if it was Curtis Painter dropping back. We're on primetime football in New Orleans. Bad team. Him dropping back, and he got stripped, I think, and they touched it down. Score. I think it was touched down. That, that before. was t- a mm-hmm. tough
4: place to play, too, when, they got, when the Saints got rolling. Ball. <laughs> it was no, a play. They had was a so blast.
0: Guys. They had a great time that night. But you're talking about us. I don't know if we elected to receive that game. or Anyways, we had the ball first, and they were up 7-zip with 10 seconds into the game. <laughs> That's not a good way to start. No, like you, you got the ball, and they're up 7-zip on the road. Your team has not been good in the paint. New Orleans didn't even get a chance to showcase The seams being wide open all week in practice. I was throwing it (laughs) all week. All week. We're reading the cards. You look here. Then you throw it here. Got it. Break. We go out there. Look to the left. Mike moves. Boop. Boop. Right to this guy. That was when Jimmy Graham was there, I think, at the time. (laughs) And we were just off and running. Next play, okay? same kind of thing, but a little different formation. We're going to send a fucking wide receiver over here. You're going to look here, boom, then you're going to hit, boom, this team right here. All right, got it. <laughs> Scout team DB running one tight end. You got a, maybe a backup wide receiver who plays special teams playing this tight end, playing against, like, the skeleton there of the defense. It's the linebackers in the secondary, and uh, it's just kind of, you know, it's not full go, but it's pretty, I mean, three-quarter, we're going here, and it's look, boom, bang, boop,
6: Fucking another
0: one. Carving them. Next day of practice, same exact thing. Next day. I of mean, pra- if you're
6: looking, you're S- looking people off in practice. If you're playing scout team quarterback, looking dudes off in practice, we know. We might know on Wednesday that we have an issue that week. Well, it was literally what Drew did. I guess that's what Drew Brees did. Like, Drew Brees,
0: that was his, I guess that was his big thing. Like, hey, you look this way, Uh and then you literally, like, I even got shown film. I got shown film, like, hey, this is what you're going to do. You're going to look this way, and then you're going to throw that way. That's not the play, but that is certainly the evening that Jimmy Graham scored (laughs) one of maybe ten touchdowns. (laughs) But, yeah, it was, I threw for like no shit i probably threw forever a thousand yards that week it was so i had uh were they pissed i was like damn i'm going were they pissed yeah like the defense
6: were they pissed at you and just like
0: we were terrible that year i mean we were terrible that year and i got along with i did uh pre-work like pre-practice warm-ups with the linebackers right so i was with the linebackers like giving looks or whatever so i had a pretty good relationship with that crew i thought you know and then we'd go out and do the throw thing and it was just like slicing and dicing it was always like damn pat like (laughs) <laughs> a lot of like, Come we're going to it figured out or whatever. But it was, we're all on the same page. You know, it wasn't like I was playing offense. It was like I felt like I was part of the defense. It was like, God damn, we're going to get killed here. Like, I, I think AJ Eads was staying in my house at the time, former Iowa yep. Hawkeye linebacker. He can hit a golf ball 420. He's like you. He's like, he, he hits a draw, though. Farther than me. No, I think you and him very similar, but he he murders a golf ball. He was staying at my house at the time and he was injured and uh, he had watched practice though all week. So on Saturday when I was heading to the plane or whatever, he was like, uh, you think they score 100 points this week actually with that play that you beat him up with all week? I'm like, I think so. Get on a plane, get there. We lose 62-7. Pretty close. It was maybe the most predictable thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Uh, But that's not normal NFL. Mm -hmm. Normally, if – like, look what the – Carolina Panthers, everybody think they're just mailing it in. They'll fucking beat teams. They will beat good teams at the end point. That's the end of – there is levels to this shit. I think a lot of it revolves around coaching, though, AJ. And I think, like, in the pursuit of great coaching – I think you're going to go through some shit. You lose a great coach, you lose a great quarterback, same type of effect, you think? Or do you think one affects much more than the other? And everybody's going to point at the Patriots here. Everybody's going to point at the Patriots here. Uh, But I don't know if that's just the only example we have. Because what I'm wondering is, like, when did the Colts get fucked? Was it when we lost a good quarterback? Was it when we lost, you know, a good coach? Is it when we, you know, like when is it you think that affects a team? What is it you think that affects a team more going forward?
6: I mean, that's a, that's a great question. I would I would always point towards the player because they're the ones on the field making the plays. I think didn't Phil Belichick even say like I'm not out there? I'll, I'm going to make zero plays. I'm not going to be on the field at all. It's like. How have I coached my guys up to make plays and put them in the best position to be successful? So I think a quarterback is key. When you lose Andrew Luck, he retires, what, nine days before the season? That's a huge, like, Tough. earthquake yeah. that yeah. happens to your team. When when Andrew Luck was the guy, like, hey, we're set for the next 15 years, man. Here we go. Let's do it. Because I want to judge, like, Frank's time here.
4: Yeah.
0: Like, Frank had success, I think, as a coach yeah, for I mean, us.
4: Winning record, right? There was success.
0: Yeah. He had, mm-hmm. never had a losing coach here. Amen. Yeah. Don't He's, hire him. Jim Irsay said. Don't hire losers. Yeah, don't hire – that since 2020, top court towel, top court towel. We went through that entire thing where I think Jim, Jim's messaging, you know, is always going to come in a different fashion. So people aren't going to listen to him. And he followed up with calling to Kravitz and chapel to explain and elaborate even more. They both write at the athletic. I think chapel has a hall of fame vote. Kravitz has been in Indianapolis for a long time. He's wrote a lot of pieces on Jim. Him and Jim are very tight. So interested to hear those quotes coming out from him, but like, was Frank a good coach? You know, and will Frank be remembered as a good coach here? And was it Frank's fault? It, should we view Frank, or is it just a, a situation that was basically I mean, when, unwinnable? You when
4: think when you wear that hat, like you're going to take some blame. You're going to take probably more blame than, than you deserved. Uh, same with the quarterback. But um, you know, it's a it's a it's a combination of both. Obviously, quarterback is is extremely important, but they're only on. That's only one. Phase of the game. You still got special teams. You still have defense, game management. How do you prepare? So coaching and all that stuff. General manager. It all got to line up to win this league. When you're playing against the best of the best, and uh, that's why I was so impressive what the Patriots were able to do for fucking twenty years. Like that, that just doesn't happen. But um,
0: because everybody else is getting paid too. Yeah. yeah,
4: everybody's getting paid. But I'm with AJ though. The, the players, I look at the players first. But then obviously the coaches have to get those players prepared. But these are professional players too, so they take more. Um, you know, onus. yeah, more onus than than like college players or high school. players. I understand
0: that completely, because, you know, Frank Reich, I, I think by all accounts, good dude, like great man. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and I think a lot of people like him. I've gotten a chance to chat and interact with him. He coached me when I back on that original uh, team that we're on because uh, I was the emergency quarterback. So there was a lot of work that Frank and I have done together. I like him as a person. As a coach, I wonder, like is he looking back on these last three years as a complete failure? Is he looking at it as a success? Like what are his views on it from Frank Reich? Because I guess he has talked about taking a break. One of the local reporters tweeted, I forget which one it was. I don't want to misquote somebody, but this is not our information or this is neither Dan or Orlovsky's information as well. Frank Reich's going back to Carolina, I guess for a few months where he has family and everything like that. He's, planning on coaching again, and he would like one of the head coaching jobs again in the future. So he's still going to go. I wonder what his whole take is on it, because now Jeff Saturday is the head coach. Yeah, Jeff yeah. Saturday said, uh, it has been reported by Zach Kiefer of The Athletic, the guy that was on our show yesterday, great writer, formerly of the Indy Star, that the first time Jeff Saturday heard about being a head coach was during a phone call <laughs> from Jim Ursae. During Sunday's game against the New England Patriots, wow. Jim Irsay sitting in Robert Kraft Stadium up there in Patriot Place mm-hmm. in a suite. He uh, had just got done cutting a promo uh, next to on the street next to his bus with his dog Drake walking around. Mm-hmm. He's sitting in there with his incredibly custom tailored sport coat, his very comfortable pants, his <laughs> salkani con- uh, shoes, yep. cool sunglasses, watching the game. He's watching it unfold like all of us other people are there watching that game. The Colts fucking stink. He says, call Jeff. He goes to his phone six. Right, <laughs> fucking calls them. Are you watching this, brother? And Jeff's like, Yeah, and he's, What would you do here? And Jeff's like, Doing, uh, well, I think right here, you got a blah 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 blah. Yeah, Jeff's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, What would you do right here? Well, wow, definitely challenge that. You got to challenge that. That certainly has to be challenged or whatever. Yeah, all right, thanks, Jeff. know yep. what fucking hiring Jeff. <laughs> yeah, is that what happened, AJ? And how much like more of that are we
4: going to get from this way. story?
0: What's that? The
4: plane's on the way. Yeah.
0: yeah, Jeff, Yeah, congratulations. You're a head coach of the NFL. Why don't you ask your wife if she yeah. wants to be a head coach? Because I know you probably just told her, oh, old friend Jim Mercy and I were just chatting on the phone. You didn't even know it was really an audition or, <laughs> or whatever. But you were, certainly, I was an interview whenever I was asking what you would do. And it seemed like you got it right. This is a fascinating, everybody has an opinion on this now. A lot of people are mad that Jeff Saturday got this job. A lot of people pissed off because they think he's just jumping to the front of the line when there's been a lot of people waiting. It's like, I think this is an interesting situation because how close Jeff and Jim are. And this isn't just because Jeff played for the Colts for a long time, is in the ring of honor for a long time. Jeff was a massive part of that CBA negotiation. And I assume he and Jim Irsay had big conversations throughout it all. His relationship with the owner and ownership has been very strong for a very long time. So Jim Irsay saying, I'm going to hire not somebody that's on the current staff, which is by the way, first time in 62 years, so I understand that is an anomaly. But Jim Irsay has been an owner for a long time. Jim Irsay's probably he's never done this in any of his ownership years. He He probably had this plan all along that if he was to do this, he would do it differently. Probably seen other people fire their coaches, judge them for how they're doing it and what he would do. Hires his friend, which people are pissed off about. But I think Jeff, if he has any success at all, maybe going to be the fucking head coach of this team going forward. It sounds like that's what Jim would like going on. And if you're Jeff Saturday, what a whirlwind of a life. Just like pancakes (laughs) on get up. And uh, Greeny said, a week ago, my guy would be here. Now he's a head coach in the NFL. Yeah. It's like such a real thing. That's It's an insane situation. Saturday said, Ursay asked him, what the hell is wrong with our protection? No mention of Frank Reich or an interim head coaching job. So Jeff Saturday <laughs> cleared up the protection on the, the phone. <laughs> and then Jim goes, perfect. We fix the offensive line, brother. Mm-hmm. We win. That's- this staff has been here the entire year. They have chosen not... If Gus Bradley was going to be the head coach, that's awesome. Did he fix our offensive line for us? No. Nope. Uh, Reggie, we fucking love Reggie. He's a leader. We all know he's going to be in the ring. He's already in the ring of honor. He should be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, Reggie, do you want to be head coach, Reggie? Hell no. I do not want to be head coach. Okay. All right. Not going to be Reggie. Uh, Can anybody else coach the fucking offensive line? No. Jeff Saturday,
2: get, <laughs> in get, in Jeff right Saturday. get in here,
0: fix this offensive line. This is the highest paid offensive line. You see that stat, that graphic? Jim knows he paid them a lot of fucking money and that they stink. Got to figure that out, right? Because he's a bad owner. If you pay a group and they're bad, that means you can't judge talent. You can't scout football. Things are getting worse. What a whirlwind for Jeff Saturday. If you're Jeff Saturday right now, what are you trying to do, AJ? What do you think?
6: Well, so today is Wednesday. He had his probably his first team meeting, right, where he was leading the team meeting, where he walks through the door as a head coach. Like, how mm-hmm. surreal and weird was that for him in his cold gear? Good morning, everything. man. Like, oh, good morning, good morning, good morning man. coach. Yeah. Jeff. He's doing the Chuck Pagano. Yeah, man. Like, Also, I've seen where people are pissed at Jeff, where people try to claim, well, what, how does he – he probably should not have accepted it. Like, okay, get out of here. All right. I have zero desire to be a coach. I'm a terrible coach. But if someone offered me a head coaching position in the NFL – I would have to seriously think about taking that thing. And that's a, that's a big change in your life. But I'd be like, this would be cool. Why not? Let's go fast. <laughs> Give it a shot. Let alone, let alone if you were a coach.
0: You said you would do that. Yeah. You don't want to be. Neither of us want to be a coach. Neither of us think we'd be good coaches. Mostly because neither of us want to spend the amount of time it takes to be a good coach. But if you're 100% right, if I was offered... I, well, fuck I hate coach yeah
6: I mean, <laughs> I mean it seems like one of those yeah. good, it's too good to turn, turn down, down right, right? like yeah. I think I gotta do this and Jeff wanted to be a coach so like even Jeff had, had coach, you lose every game even yeah you, you lose every game, it's still a cool experience. Darius, everybody's yeah. pissed off about
0: Jeff Saturday cutting the line, and obviously the Rooney Rule has been talked about yep. by Jim <laughs> Ursay and by everybody. In my opinion, I talked about this yesterday during the What is Jim Ursay? <laughs> I talked about it a little bit in there. This could actually help out in the future for how many ex-players are coaching at a high level because if they don't have to do the coffee grabbing and the card drawing and the get paid nothing and see your family never – after an entire career, I think you're going to see a lot of former ex players want to become coaches more if Jeff has success here yeah. that's not really being talked about. Do you enjoy the entirety of how this is all panning out, and what are your thoughts on jim hiring jeff i mean it's
4: honest for me it's hard not to enjoy it just because it's you know it's just something we haven't seen f- ever. You know what I mean and that being a former player who I feel like you know Maybe not cut the whole line, but once again, if this job is offered to me, I'm definitely accepting it. But there are, like, Jeff Saturday shouldn't start as an intern or start as, you know, earning your stripes and doing all this stuff. So um, I think in the, in the grand scheme of things, with you, it could help former players get in there and get into better positions. And I understand people being upset about, you know, other – uh, qualified candidates or minority candidates and things. But, you know, for me, it's, it's been the same thing. And I said it a few years ago in 2020 when it was a bigger story. But, um, you know, as long as you have, you know, the leagues that are majority, you know, white owned, like these guys are more than likely going to hire people who they have, you know, these type of relationships with. Or I had a, a former GM tell me most of the time the hiring process, it comes down to the decision. Who would you really have a beer with? And in, in reality, whatever, I, I deal in reality. like in reality, Oh, no, hey, we all want yeah. a world. We all want a world where it's, it's equal opportunities and these type of things. But in reality, that's just what it is. It's relationships, and it's another relationship business. So I'm root for Jeff, you know, to be, to have um, some, some success and maybe open the door for some other guys. But um, unless, you know, you have a, a, a league where it's diverse ownership and it's things like that, or sponsors come in and say, hey, you know what, I, I see a diversity issue here. And we may pull our money or sponsorships going forward unless we see a change by, you know, 2024 and our contracts up. Then you may see some change because that's what the language these billionaires speak. And um, if I am own something that's worth a couple billion, you're not going to tell me who the fuck to hire either. Mm-hmm. So you got to understand that part of it, too. But I definitely get people being upset about it. Um, but, you know, Jeff has some he's familiar with this team, too. When we were there and in, in for training camp. I bumped into Oh, him. yeah. He yeah. Was there he was a consultant. He was there in training camp. So all the guys know him. Um, even the young guys who probably went around to watch him actually play, they know who Jeff Saturday is, so it's not like he's just getting plucked from Georgia. So he was around him in training camp, spent some time with him. And as a head coach, it's about managing personalities, um, you know, having some, um, you know, managing schedules, obviously. Uh, having some uh, emotional intelligence more so than like X's and O's and stuff like that, so uh, I'm root for Jeff. Man, it's going to be a tough, 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 tough position. Young quarterback, but it seems
0: like everybody was pissed off about the hire. Yeah. and you know I understand that as well. Whenever you think about in the off season when there's a full coaching cycle and interview process and everything like that and somebody's interviewing with like five different people and he doesn't get hired and then the person that is hired not great ends up not being great too so that puts a spotlight on and all Mm -hmm. we're talking about a middle of the season hire right normally this is just coming from within the uh staff and to darius's point and i didn't even remember this we were there at training camp we got to see the training camp jeff being him being that tight with the organization is that yeah. it's just, it feels like the, Jim probably thinks he did hire from within in this whole thing, even though everybody's like, this is sixty two, sixty two 62 years and you haven't. And if it doesn't work out, I assume Jim will do a full interview cycle. I assume he'll do the same thing. He has to, no
6: matter what. I think no matter what, he has to do a yeah. full interview cycle, even if he plans on yeah. keeping Jeff, you have to go through the whole process still. Yeah. So I, I, I'm. It feels like everybody's pissed off about it. Oh, yeah. What about Josh McCown? Wasn't Josh McCown supposed to be a head coach? I thought well, he would be to, more yes. pissed that they brought him in. Yep. Yep. See that would be uh yes. That's yeah. an interesting. Anyways, Jeff
0: Saturday uh, had his first team meeting this morning. We had chatted about it where he walked in as if he was Chuck on Thursdays here. Good morning, man. Good morning, Good morning coach. coach. I told the guys this morning, I care about the players and their families. I've sat in their seat, man. This losing sucks, man. I like Frank. I've texted with Frank. He's a heck of a coach. I mean, they played for this dude. I don't minimize that at all. And Jeff Saturday also was asked about his strategy going forward on fourth downs because, you know, Frank Reich was going to be pretty aggressive. He said, I'm an offensive lineman, bruh okay, we're going to take points how we can get them. It's tough in there. He said it's not easy to get points. It's not easy to drive down a field and end up uh, with nothing. So I'm intrigued to hear yeah, yeah. how he has to handle his stuff. I, I, think, I think Jeff will use analytics. I think he will because I think he's young enough, smart enough, and familiar with them enough because he's been on TV, so he's had to sit in production meetings where these have been laid out by the analytic people, and Jeff is an astute human being, so he's going to pick up on it. I'm pumped to see what type of coach he is. You know, yeah. is he going to be chirping with refs? You know, like all the, yeah. we're going to learn all these things. Uh-huh. Like, is oh, he yeah. going to? Jeff chirp? likes to talk. Jeff, yes. I think he's going to be very active on the sideline. I yeah. think so too. Yeah, I think I think refs are potentially going to come all I think you're going to see a lot of can't have like you know that type if of you're stuff. you
4: chirping with the, the sheriff. Of- Exactly, oh, And I'm sure you saw a, mo- a lot more of that than everybody else did. But even just that little clip of like, you know, that's Peyton. That, you don't see like you see. You always see Tom like getting on the O line. I'm sure it's some back and forth. But You see Jeff like, hey man, run them fucking run the damn ball, and yeah. then like you know that whole interaction right there. Um, I, it's going to be interesting, man. I think a lot of former players are, are locked in on this, and I think people, so too. Yeah, honestly, I think a lot for of former sure.
0: players that are thinking about getting into coaching probably have the ability and the traits to be a great coach yeah. are watching this because if they're successful now, they have reason to campaign for other jobs mm-hmm. as opposed to being fucking assistant consultant uh, too.
6: Mm-hmm. You know think head yeah. I mean? coaching gigs though? you think this opens it up for future like
4: you know Jim Irsay, I think is one of one so I don't think <laughs> I don't think many guys yes. get called for head coaching mm-hmm. jobs but you know maybe position groups and it's not like that's unprecedented we saw Kellen Moore retire as a, as a backup quarterback and, and become a quarterback's coach immediately so it's happened It's some precedence there but I think it should happen more because when you think about it as a player especially a veteran player you have to somewhat be become like AQ I'm sure as a player he was somewhat of a coach yes. you know you bring younger players in and your success you know relies on them knowing the fuck to do it, knowing know where to line up like you got to get those guys lined up so you have that part of it it's the other part that you don't have, you know, game planning and PowerPoints and presentations and shit like that. The guys can figure out. So I think this will open more doors, hopefully.
0: Now, if you think about it, you know, if Jeff goes on, and goes undefeated here. Yeah, he? okay. Okay. We're talking about A.J. Hawk, Darius Butler, these guys, <laughs> getting offered head coaching jobs. Because uh-huh. this, this is how these owners are. Yeah. Remember, Sean McVay had success. We need to find the next Sean McVay. Yeah. Yeah. Can't be too tall. Mm-hmm. Got to be yep. younger. Got to be young. Good gotta be beard. Cool hair. Fiery. Got to have cool hair. Got to be able to call offense. Mm-hmm. That is what.
4: Offensively, it, it worked. Yeah. It worked
0: for the Rams, didn't it? Work, yeah. Look, that worked for. We just mm-hmm. we need to do the same thing. Oh, we hired a consulting firm. The consulting firm said we need to find somebody similar to the successful people in your league. So let's try to find somebody like McVay. Find us the next big thing. Yeah. Boom, here's six of them. Zach Taylor, Cliff Kingsbury, right. Matt LaFleur, right. other the floor. boom, the whole. So if there's success to be found, you know those other people who don't have a fucking clue what they're looking at or the business that they're in. They see somebody else have success. It's Copycat League. Mm-hmm. Everybody says it about plays. It's a Copycat League about everything. If business starts good... There was one particular uh, stadium that said, you know what, we're going to attach a hotel to here, a plaza to here, and a casino to here. Uh, and whenever people come to games, we're going to get all of their money. And then now every other stadium is like, boom, we need to build a plaza, casino, hotel, alongside the stadium so we can do it. People see what works for other people, and they fucking mimic it. That's why the Sean McVay thing came. If Jeff Saturday has success, Jim Mercer is one of one. I agree. I've been, we are very fortunate to get to know that fucking dude, as opposed to uh, the people that haven't. But I think there'll be other people that are like, Who's somebody that's attached to our program that our fans love that could potentially display the traits of being a good head coach? It, this is if Jeff has success. And what is success for Jeff? Is it making the playoffs? I don't think they're going to be able think to do that. Winning I'd say that's two, two games. games.
4: Two, yeah. two games playoffs. 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 Dude, they got a great defense. The
6: defense is good. Yep. Offensive if they line. get in the playoffs, like Jeff, they might vote Jeff in as president if they get in the playoffs. <laughs> like if he can do a job like that, come on now. What do you think Jeff's thinking? Jim might just sign over ownership of the team to Jeff if he can do. Well, that. I don't think that's ever going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, from what yeah. I've heard, what
0: I've heard, there's been some conversations about you know signing over parts of the parts of the team, and those have not gone long or well. Yeah. <laughs> from what I've been uh, from what I've been told, potentially, but. So interesting. So, what do you think success is? Let's say it right now. How many games left? Nine, eight?
2: How many games are left? I don't even know if it's wins and losses. I think it's, I think it's just because, like, you just they just need to be Moral victories. Uh, not even moral victories, but, like, they just can't look like they did last week. Because also sure. the way everyone in the media has been, like, if the Colts go out on Sunday and they get beat by five touchdowns, like, there will be blood in the water and mm-hmm. it's going to get just – it's oh, going to yeah. be absolutely terrible. But if they actually – if they don't quit and they compete and they look like they're actually improving a little bit, like, I don't necessarily think it matters. If they if they win two games, I think people will be like, you know what, that that actually was, was a lot better than we expected. Because look at, I mean, not only on the offense, like look at the staff that's left. Like offensively, like it's bare bones. It's just like you've already fired everyone that was. we got about Parks Frazier. We got yeah, the who Parks,
1: the fuck
4: is Parks Frazier? Is the the he's, he's calling plays. I know it's he's calling plays. Parks Frazier. He's running Sounds around like for Duck defense, Hodges Thomas. three years No, 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 ago. absolutely not. It's not personal nice to him. Boy. But <laughs> What happened? So we got Parks. You know, this is the hand that Jeff is being dealt, right. too. Like, you got Parks Frazier calling plays for the first five. If the time. O-line that's I gets better, Parks. Let's that's go, baby? You you yeah, yeah, you see the field yeah. If, that's if the
3: O-line gets better... And they yeah. score more points. Yeah. Than I'm success. betting
0: I'm betting this guy's fodder and his father's fodder mm-hmm. and his father's fodder's fodder mm-hmm. were in the football world. Okay. Absolutely. Parks, Parks Fraser, he might have started at Sanford in two thousand fifteen as a defensive assistant. Right. But in these last seven, eight years, not only has his brain grown, mm-hmm. but his brain has found out that it was put into this body on this planet to be a play caller. Oh Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Wait till you see what fucking Parks does this weekend. I I've heard he's been on the dry race board like a beautiful mind. That okay. fucking guy. I've heard we got things and gadgets going on, just like Kansas City. Just like you see Kansas City run. Wait till you mm-hmm. see mm-hmm. this Parks he's Fraser hit out of the park. Yeah, you're out of both parks. There back. it is. I hope so. Boom, like, boom. I hope
2: this guy recognizes how unbelievable of an opportunity this is.
0: Like, oh, I'm sure Parks is yeah. baffled. by this. Yeah, exactly.
6: Look at look at Mike McDaniel. If you'd have looked at him, sure. Just just off the street, say, so this, guy, this guy can't be a coach in the NFL. He can't get it done. And we'll what, he
0: do? what do you do? What do you do?
6: We'll get him now.
1: What do you do? We'll get, we'll him, get him now. Done. Yeah, we'll you know the difference, though, now. is that the Dolphins have a good team. And I get that the, oh! defense, I get that the defense is good, but their offensive <laughs> line point. has fallen into the Rogers brady category. Yeah, they have a good offensive line on paper, but they're not good this year. Like, they fucking suck this year. Yeah, but remember, Jim was in talking Jeff. to Jeff. Sure. Like bring Bro, it want, what would you do? When They're fucking killing our <laughs> guy. Okay, but they still well, don't have run a little boost. duo there. So you you yeah. got to run a wham. Yeah. Still and don't I, have. A- they need to can opener, block. Yeah, yeah. Do the that's whole- a hell of
3: a fucking answer. You're our head God coach. Damn right. Yeah.
0: Why don't you? Why don't you ask your wife? You could be a head coach of our team.
1: When? Tomorrow. Tomorrow. I'll call you in twenty. Don't have a quarterback. Don't have a running back. We don't have, we have a Matt Ryan. Back. Their weapons. Jonathan aren't Taylor. Good. Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor hasn't played in three weeks. He's back. He's practicing. They traded hey, nine. The first three games he's ever missed in his entire life since yeah. pee wee football. They fucking stink, this and they're is. not going to get better because they brought in Jonathan Matt Ryan. Jeff Sire. You, you got to put Matt Ryan back in there at this point. Yeah, yeah, I
0: think so too. Colts running back Jonathan Taylor, who missed last goes. week's game due an ankle hey. injury, was spotted hey. today participating in practice.
1: Well, guess huh? what? We're guess back. what their record is with Jonathan Taylor in the game. What's this that? year or just ever? This year.
4: Zero on zero with Jeff
1: Saturday here, coach. Boom, 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 boom. boom, 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 boom. boom. Undefeated boom. with Jeff Saturday's boom, coach. Yeah. Boom, boom. They, they aren't a good football team. Oh. They're not going Oh! Yeah. yeah. And oh. let's keep in mind who the interim head coach, you know, last year of the year, Rich Versace took his team to the playoffs yeah. and they didn't rehire him. So uh, there, there yeah, is. Uh, maybe a I
0: did see a stat. It was a uh, 26% success rate if for like uh, an <laughs> inter- interim
3: coach. What determines the
0: success? <laughs> I think playoffs. It might have actually been hired after. Now I think about it. (laughs) (laughs) Got to be the only show. (laughs) Got to be the only show Uh in history. Zeno, thank you for that stat. Stat Stat that. that. Anyways, sounds like chances are low. You know what I mean? And that's what past experiences are. But maybe they have a good defense. They have a good defense.
6: Jeff Saturday. They can score. They can score three or four times on defense, they have a shot. Really
4: <laughs> yeah. Do they have
1: a good defense, too? Like They lost to Taylor Heineken. No,
4: you got a good, good defense. Hey, yes. it's it's the really? Yeah. Do they this if, year? If you, got, if you look at the numbers offensively that you get, all the turnovers, the fumbles, the sacks, and defensively you're still holding teams to what they've been doing, yes. That was their play. first
0: touchdown of the day. Their yeah, best
1: player doesn't play anymore.
0: Well, they, so Jack Leonard, Leonard doesn't. doesn't they're still
1: doing good.
4: He's working his way back in. He
0: needs to play more. We <laughs> yes. got to find a, a spot. Jeff for will make sure. You got to think. We've been at those games, Jeff Connor. Think about sure. how terrible the offense has been. That's what I mean. They've all been like one score games. You know why? Because on the flip side, you know those games have been terrible. You know yeah. why? Because the offense stinks and our defense is good. They've been incredibly boring to watch. That's bad football. You have great defense and a terrible offense. That makes the game experience pretty terrible. That yeah. Yeah, makes the game pretty terrible. That's what it's been. Also,
1: early in the season, though, they lost twenty four nothing to the Jags, and you know we were like, maybe there's a different Jags team. The Jags fucking stink too, yeah, and right, right, they right. still got right. killed. To your point, by the Jags. To your point,
3: think about it. Like Bears fans are celebrating like they're winning the Super Bowl uh, because they're scoring points and they're no, one. Because we have a They're one and four balling. in their last five. Now, like and you. you know
0: why? It's because the games that they have had to watch for the last thirty years. Have been terrible Correct. offense, great defense. Yeah. Thank you, Pat. Think about how miserable of a four hours Chicago people have had to have oh, for yeah. the. That's why Lamar Jackson coming to Baltimore. Remember, because that's what Baltimore was. They actually, won a Super Bowl because of the defense. They were great defense, bad offense. That's a miserable watching game. Now you get some highlights from the defense side of the ball, big time hits. Not saying defensive football is miserable to watch, but if there isn't like a spectacular play made, or uh, it's it's kind of a boring. Yeah. Not that defenses can't provide that. Don't want this to be a shot at defenses, but you get it. Uh, Lamar Jackson needs to get paid by the Baltimore Ravens, not only because of what he does on the field, he put the game on his back against the Saints there. I mean, I know Kenyon Drake scored two touchdowns, but. Lamar's the guy. Yeah, he, he's fucking unstoppable. He's in a go-get-a-bag year, which he was in last year. He might get franchise-tagged a couple times, but the reason why we think he has to be paid, not only because he's already won the MVP and won a playoff game and right. has been you know, all of these incredible things on the football field for that have made a lot of fans of the Baltimore Ravens that would have never been fans of the Baltimore Ravens in the past, they see these clips, they see these highlights, they see the way Lamar operates, and they're like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to be a fan of the Baltimore Ravens because I'm a fan of Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson has already done that just on his rookie contract, all these things that we just mentioned right there. But off the field, the motherfucker's been perfect. In the community, the only th- questionable things that he's done is he almost ran into a jet ski, okay, mm-hmm. on yep. a beach, which can't have it. Mm-hmm. more can't have it, okay? But Can maybe up. that was him trying to avoid contact like he does during the game, so maybe that's part of his training. Could be. And I guess he, uh, he, he did some one-on-ones and flip-flops, uh, and that people got <laughs> really right. pissed off about that. Yep. But other than that, the dude is – perfect off the field he is a role model a mentor to everybody in this moment between he and landon uh, who is going through a heart condition of some sort landon obviously surprised by getting the opportunity to see and meet lamar this kid's crying his fucking eyes out you think this happens with a lot of people no lamar has impacted his community lamar has been a playmaker on the field Pay this man his damn money
2: already, Baltimore. Cheapskates. I really don't know what they're waiting on. I mean, it's not going to happen before the end of the season now. But if I'm him, too, I mean, I guess there's always that number that no matter what, <clears throat> if you if they give him that number, he's going to resign. But if I were him, I'd be like, you know, part of you's got to be like, you know what, fuck these guys.
0: I don't know how he isn't already like that. Yeah. Especially after the offer they offered him. But that yeah, right, they lowballed the, the
1: alleged offer, but it was what 135 million yeah, guarantee.
0: 230 million is what Deshaun got in the same exact division.
1: In Kyler, uh, even uh, even Kyler
0: 185, right? What was his? Uh, was was it, he 65? 165? 165? More
1: than yeah, still, and he hasn't won anything. Yeah, no,
4: he's not even in the ballpark.
1: No,
3: I thought Lamar's actually uh, offer was that one eighty five
1: or one sixty five. Well they Tomorrow. said well one thirty five was initially announced and then someone said it was between one thirty five and one eighty but unless Lamar's
0: leaking information which I assume he isn't we're only getting the Baltimore mm-hmm. offer. Right.
1: Who knows what the
0: incentives were on that, how many years that was when the guaranteed money is why do you think it is AJ? What is what do you think that cause Lamar, you know he held up that sign the other day it said pay Lamar's money or whatever, which I think everybody agrees upon except for whoever's making the decision with the pocketbook in Baltimore. Like, they go to an offer with him right now, and they're like, hey, here's five years, $250 million, or here's six years, $250 million, $250 million guaranteed or whatever, however they want to cook it so they can, you know, salary cap game, cashier cap game, that thing. He would take that deal middle of the season, even though he said negotiations down, right? Or do you think that is the reason why they haven't got a deal done, AJ? What
6: are your thoughts? I mean, I would think if they came at and came to him with the offer that he felt was right for him, he would absolutely accept it. But Dude, Lamar doesn't seem like the I'm guy dead. that it would turn on the team, though. He seems at least – how he looks like everything like is on the up and up and he seems to have a great relationship with everybody there. So if he is, he's hiding it. Well, if he is pissed at the team, I don't think he is like, I, they're going to have to figure it out. Like they have to. Instead, the Ravens offer Jackson an extension worth 250 million
0: with 133 million guaranteed. That would have run through the 2027 season. According to ESPN asked whether or not he turned down a quarter of a billion dollars from the Ravens after the Jets win. Jackson replied fully guaranteed (laughs) 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 businessman. What a fucking
4: answer. It's okay. got to be the sticking point. Yes, you know, too. Yeah, you gave you gave sure. two thirty to Deshaun. Like it's not his fault, but you got to do business as business has been done. And obviously, I don't have the same off the field issues that Deshaun has. I'm a better player on the field. I mean, I've been on the field, and then these other guys who got who've gotten paid. So, two hundred. I mean, I've, I've been saying four years, two hundred. But whatever north of 200, fully guaranteed, that's a sticking point. And in, in my opinion, I think it should be.
0: I think so too. And I think everybody's on his side. This isn't normal. Oh, yeah. Normally, the public perception is like this greedy asshole and I think there are they some people the
4: billionaires, there's
0: probably know. people yeah some reason always <laughs> siding with the billionaires you do not relate to the people that are paying the money at all you relate to the person that came from nothing is working their ass off but after you leave the team will still be there is why the fans feel the way they feel it's like they've been with the team since before you got there and after it's an interesting dynamic that always comes to a head during the cba negotiation when the public perception is always like on a billionaire side and I'm so confused I'm so why are you why I was literally I grew up you I'm you I'm a fan like you could be me like your kid could be me. Why are you siding none of it makes sense to me, but in this particular case, it feels like a majority of the people are on Lamar's side. Like give Lamar his money. I don't know why if you're in Baltimore, if it's a babyface move to do so, and the guys, I don't know why you wouldn't do it. I honestly don't have a clue why you wouldn't do well,
2: especially it. Especially when you look at that. It's like, you know, I mean from everything we've learned now too, which I think in years previous people haven't known this. It's like you see two hundred and fifty million and you assume it's 250 million like 133 million <laughs> guaranteed when
0: Which is awesome money. Let's not get for crazy. For sure. It's for an sure. insane amount of money to play football. We get it.
2: Absolutely, but that's not what he's worth. It's yeah,
0: all, that's not, not He's worth market.
2: well more than that, you know? And the guys who have are getting paid more than him haven't done what he's done on the field. Probably not. And then I don't even know. I mean, Deshaun especially, but like Kyler, I don't know how he is in the community like Lamar means everything to baltimore if they if they don't have him if he's not their quarterback, I think the amount of fans you have and like that franchise like it drastically changes and if it is two hundred and fifty million you guys, i mean like you guys would know much better like what are the realistic chances that he ever has of making $250 million off that contract. Oh, no. James. Never. Yeah, Never. Yeah, Never. That's not going to happen. Escalators probably True. not. Yeah. Probably
0: Pro Bowl, Super Bowl, right. Pro Bowl, Super Bowl. Uh, All Don't Pro. miss any games. Yeah, Percentage of completions, like the mm-hmm. amount of incentives you put in there. But nonetheless, it's not his fault the Cleveland Browns set the precedent on what the NFL is. And if you look at the amount of money that he is worth and has brought to the Baltimore Ravens organization, let alone on the field, off the field, I think, uh, keep fighting the fight, Lamar. Yeah, Founder and CEO of Fanatics, Michael Rubin.
7: What's happening? How you guys
0: doing? Hey, fantastic! How are you? Thank you so much for joining us. I, I assume you're an incredibly busy man. Not only is your company, you know, Fanatics Commerce and Fanatics Collectibles and Fanatics Betting and Gaming, and you own half of Lids. Now you invested in Mitchell and Ness. You're friends with every billionaire we've seen on television and we've seen in the world. Thank you for taking time out of your day to chat with us, sir. We are honored to
7: have you here. Listen, I. That's what I said. Most importantly, I fit into the qualification of an equal dumbass. So you've got me. I'm ready to go, and I think I can compete with any of the best dumbasses. Okay, well, I
0: feel like you're uh, one of the smartest dumbasses on earth because I was reading a little bit about your bio here that was sent over, and then on the internet, whenever you founded Fanatics, uh, you had a vision basically of making the merch business that license NFL and college kind of like new school. You know, you, you in here it said that the old way of doing merch for these schools and teams and leagues was you had to order 9 to 12 months in advance and you had to try to predict who was going to be a star, whose merch was going to move. So normally that led to unpredictable outcomes and a lot of merch being held in a store, overhead being high and or being out of stock of people that are hot. You innovated that. You changed the game. Fanatics gets to deal with the NFL, NBA, everybody becomes a licensing partner of. You've changed it all. You knew this was going to happen and now that you're sitting at a $27 billion valuation, do you look back on it and wonder how you did it? Or was this a plan all along, the way you went about doing it, Michael?
7: No, I honestly think we're just getting started. I mean, people think I'm crazy when I say that, but I feel like we're in the uh, we're at the uh, beginning of the game. We have so much growth ahead of us. We're just getting started. We've certainly, you know, we started in the, in the what we call finance commerce, which our merchandise business in 2011 it was about a 250 million dollar business. Then. Next year, uh, we'll kind of be encroaching on almost $7 million in the merchandise business. But we really feel like we're just getting going. Uh, The business has really been about how do we reinvent and make it better for the fan. And by the way, there's so much more for us to do. But we do operate the flagship fanatic site. We do operate the NFL shop, the NBA store, NHL store, Major League Baseball store, and also hundreds of individual professional collegiate teams. Uh, But at the same time, we're globally expanding. We're building the soccer. We're building our, our College business more quickly. And we're finding so many ways to make it better for the consumer as well, which is what we wake up and go to bed thinking about. And you're right; the way the business worked 10 years ago is something. Someone got hot in sports. Somebody got traded. Somebody won, and the manufacturer had to make the merchandise, ship it to a store, hope they got it right. Hopefully, the, the consumers came in. And now our business is a you know it's 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 mostly direct to consumer, and of the direct to consumer business, about three quarters is the internet, and then as you said, we also you know, our partners and own half of LIDS. We also operate a bunch of college bookstores. We operate many venues. So you can basically find Fanatics merchandise, you know, at many of your favorite places to uh, shop online for sports fans. Hey, well, f- our first
0: Hey, yeah, I know it's an incubation period here, too. We're going to, we're still going to yeah, go on.
7: Man, we all got to bill. We got to keep incubating.
0: Hey, 27 billion incubators day. Hey, woo. congratulations. <laughs> on,
7: no,
6: it's not easy at all. AJ, go ahead. Your question for Mr. Rubin. Mike, I've seen where uh, I know, I'm sure you surround yourself with a lot of great people. Uh, I see Magic Johnson, is he still like a special consultant for you guys? He's a fascinating character to me, especially what he has done in business off the court. What has he brought to you guys, and what kind of help has he has he given?
7: Yeah, he's a great board member for us. I've known him for a really long time. We actually met randomly at the next Cabana in the Bahamas maybe 15 years ago, and we were always next to each other over a holiday vacation, and he became a good friend, and I want to get somebody who was a incredible – you know athlete who then really built their business and he's been great at helping us uh he's been involved with the business you know formally for probably a year or two but informally for years and you know for me you know oh my god i say this all the time and people don't get this but i barely made it out of high school i legitimately got uh, 780 on my sats actually 670 combined the first time i took it 780 the second time which is pretty hard to do that bad you know i barely made it out i went to college for six weeks so Like I need smart people around me. I got to be learning from people all the time. And he's a great guy to learn from And To be honest, I got lots of great people I learn from every day.
0: Hey, so why do you think you've made it? And that's like, hey, I need you to tell me why you are who you are, but you barely make it through high school. Listen, here's a real thing. Because especially with the, what happened the last couple of years where people were given an okay to kind of sit at home and chill. You know what I mean? Like, they, hey, you're not allowed to leave your house, actually. And they say a habit is formed in like 21 days or whatever the case is. And a lot of people, maybe the working and employing people is not as easy in some jobs because not as many people want to get out there and work. What do you think it is about you that made you made it? And is it just a Work ethic that doesn't stop and where do you think you got it from
7: yeah so first off i definitely have no chill i don't know what that means um i'd be very bored with any chill you know for (laughs) me um as i said i was a god awful athlete i was god awful student i was equally as bad as an athlete the only thing i was ever good at was work and i loved it from the day i was a kid like i've always loved business you do things that you're good at that's what i always kind of focused on um you know for me it's come down to just a few basic things you hit one of them my work ethic is pretty insane. This morning, you know, I started four thirty in the morning. I what? just worked eleven and twelve o'clock. Why? That's always. But well, but. Oh, no, no. I thought you were,
0: I thought you were going to go through your entire day. I was going to give a what as an echo in between. That's the thing we do no, on no, the show. No, Sorry, no, very no, dumb, no. very dumb. I thought you were going to four thirty golf Bible. It's uh, <laughs> yeah. Mark Wahlberg. No, no. Yeah,
7: yeah. There's no. I've never played golf once in my life. Actually, I played golf. All, I played golf once in my life. Uh, for about 10 minutes. It was very embarrassing. (laughs) And I went back to, I actually went back to drinking at that point. It was a much better better skill set of mine. But for me, look, what's it really come down to? One, I think you need to have like common sense. Like that's what I, I don't have like an educational background, but I do have pretty good street smarts, and that lets you get your strategy right. It was easy for us to figure out how to reinvent a licensed sports business? How do we reinvent the collectibles and trading card business? How do we think we can reinvent the online sports betting business? So those things that like we think about deeply. And then from there, there's been a couple of things that I've always talked about my whole life. I'm pretty decent in relationships. And that's really important to life. Like I already see this in two seconds. You guys are all good relationships skill guys. And that makes people want to do things with you. And that's helped our business. And then I've had a crazy work ethic, like outwork anybody never give up always unrelenting. And the last thing is I get great people around me. Like if you get really smart people around you and you get them to want to work together, which is equally as important, you're going to be pretty successful. Make yep. the business strategy right, work your ass off, get the right people around you, you're going to succeed.
0: Hell yeah. Sounds like that is the perfect recipe to become a very successful person. I, you said you work anybody around you. You better not be in the same room as Boomer, Sison, mm-hmm. or The Rock.
7: Yeah. yeah. Right. The
0: Rock, the hardest worker in the room, every room. I, do you two just like, do you two just run head to head to each other? You and The Rock guys-
7: yeah, I actually don't know the Rock well, but I'll tell you one thing. I, Kevin Hart is is a, a really good friend of mine. And yeah, I watch Kevin's work ethic, and I always say he's like one of the hardest working. Um, he's one of the hardest working, really well known people on the planet. And I he, he always says the Rock is just like him. So I believe from watching Kevin, who works you know 18 hours a day, seven days a week, nonstop. That probably uh, and he talks about the Rock in the same way. So I think we all have the same hustle. And, you know, to me, it's fun. I'd be bored as shit if I wasn't doing it.
0: So, hold on. So, yeah, Kevin Hart, good friend of yours. We know you got uh, tight ties with Meek Mill. Robert Kraft, that wedding, you gifted him a baby blue Bentley, I believe, uh, a year ago oh, yeah. or so. Uh, well,
7: what I, what I gifted him for his wedding was we actually took the bar um, where he met. his. I was with Robert. We, he, we were actually going to Vegas. It's actually a great story. We were going to Vegas for the Conor McGregor Mayweather fight. And Robert said, like, Michael, I know you're going to make me do bad things to your body, so to, my, to his body. So why don't we first go to a spa the weekend before try to make ourselves healthy before we do bad things to our body? So I reluctantly agreed. We went to the Canyon Ranch in um, in Massachusetts, and as we were pulling in, he saw his now wife, who he uh, knew I think from vision and sight, and a quick conversation. He was going to be madly in love with. So actually, for his wedding, what I did was the bar that we went to as their first date. We renamed it after Dana. Her last name is Blumberg, and we called it Blumberg's. Um, for robert and Danny, because i call robert robert blumberg in my phone so every time he calls me he's robert blumberg not robert craft <laughs> he's been begging me to change his phone to my phone to get his identity back but it's a reminder of him i always want to keep him tough him on his uh, on his uh on his uh edges and on his heels so but he's uh he's robert blumberg and that we named the bar after him so <laughs> if you were in lennox mass you saw you could go to blumberg's which was the bar named after robert oh that, that is
0: awesome you you literally bought the place and changed the name to the yeah, there it is, we, we, Blumberg's, yeah, Linux Masters. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> There's the song. We
7: actually didn't buy, buy the place. We re- renamed it and, and bought drinks for everybody and food for everybody for the period of time it was renamed. But uh, it was a uh, it was a good, funny, uh, humble reminder for all of us. But it's it's Blumberg's now in my mind. It'll yeah. always be.
0: Who I'm did Blumberg's. it? Al Michaels did the No, who did the? Who did the? There were a
7: couple of great. There a couple of great performers. There, Elton John performed. as one of Robert's dearest friends. Um, um, Meek Bill, whose family to each of us, got up and did an amazing um, you wrap know, kind of yeah, yeah. up, had, had about Robert. And then Ed Sheeran performed as well. Yes, Ed made me drink so many shots that I forgot who it was. Who America.
0: performed the ceremony? I think it was it Al Michaels. I thought it was Al Michaels. That yeah. did the ceremony.
7: So they actually didn't get married. This was really writing reception, not an actual. Oh, uh, not an act. it, was, it was a party, not the actual uh, ceremony.
0: So at what point in your life were you at one of those events? Where you're like, yeah, this is, this is normal. Like, isn't that a fucking crazy, insane thing for a guy that almost didn't make it out of high school? That You're hanging out literally with all the billionaires, you're friends with everybody, and you're in there, if not just in there, you're at the top of that thing leading the way. Is that, a, is that a holy shit moment for you, and when was it, you think?
7: No, it's honestly not at all, because to me, I'm just like, I'm always pushing. I'm not like a reflective person. Like, there's not a time. There's nothing I've ever done in my life where I've been like, man, that was so cool. Like, I just don't think that way. I'm always like, what's next? What do we do next? How do we do better? How do we make something for the fan better? How do we improve better? How do I get better? It's just the way I think. So I'm not like a reflective person. It's just not my personality.
0: So when you're sitting in there, you're at the wedding, you're like, ah, could have been better. Maybe Elton John performs alongside yeah. Adele next no, time. The
7: way I'm, I'm, happy, I'm happy for Robert and Dana that, 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 that they're happily married. And I'm talking to everyone there who, you know, I've had the honor and pleasure, of you know, getting to know over the, you know, the past several years. And, you know, so many of these people are involved in our business. You know, it takes a village to kind of build something. If you look at Fanatics and the way we're building our our, uh, commerce business, which is merchandise, the way we're building our trading card business, the way we're building our um, gaming business, there's so many people involved. We have, you know, know, all in about 18,000 employees now. Um, We've got so many great partners all the sports properties that work with us to build a business. So to me, I'm always just thinking about, you know, how we can learn from each other, how we, how we can build together. That's what I'm thinking about. And it's something like that. I'm just having great conversations.
0: Well, you should know that you've done good. Okay? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Hey, don't reflect. Don't take too much time because somebody's going to get w- the I edge w- on w- you. W- don't do it. Don't do it. Don't get soft. <laughs> By the way, don't do will.
7: it. I listen. If I get soft, somebody, I'll get a bowl in the back of my head. That's 100%. <laughs> don't, 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 don't <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey, don't even think about how awesome it is.
0: Hey, don't even think about it. $27 billion valuation on a company you found and started and worked with. Don't even think nope. about it. Hey, don't get fucking soft, Ruben. Mm-hmm. You want to get another oh, well, $27 that billion. No, no, it's not happening. Don't even think about it. Don't even have a drink and say, you know what? Pretty fucking good for a guy that almost didn't make it out of high school and scored the lowest nope. possible score on SAT, <laughs> including the points that you get for writing your name right. Don't think about it. Don't do it, Ruben, especially at this I stage. I
7: agree that SAT was a hard accomplishment. It's, it's hard to do that poorly. I completely agree with that.
0: Oh, so you're proud of yourself for that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, am, I feel
7: like, yeah, I've tried to explain to my daughter why it's actually not impressive. She, you know, she needs to do great, but she says, Dad, like, you were a complete loser and did terrible. So it was a one-time thing for Ruben.
0: Well, I hope, you, uh, I hope at some point you take it all in. You've done incredible stuff. Darius has a question for you. Go ahead, d
7: but.
4: Hey, Michael, I saw an uh, interview with uh, CP3 a few days ago, and he kind of talked about how uh, intentional you were about being inclusive with the uh, NBA players uh, when acquire, acquiring Mitchell and Ness. You got any uh, future ideas of doing that with the NFL, maybe with some current or former players? And then number two, yeah. two-part question. How hard was it for you to give up, uh, you know, your ownership stake in the Sixers to move on and uh, obviously fully take over uh, with Fanatics?
7: Two great questions. I'll do the second one first because it will help answer the first question. So for me, um, giving up the ownership in the Sixers was pretty obvious. It was something I had to do. You know, the leagues have rules that say you can't um, take bets on your own team. You can't um, have players that are investors in your company. You can't have commercial relationships with the players where we have close to 3,000 relationships. You can't have agents that are investors in your business. So we were kind of violating every rule that every sports league had. And it was, it, was, it was time for us to move on. It just became too complicated. And to be honest, you know, Fanatics is such a big opportunity. I don't want the Sixers to get in the way. That does not change my loyalty for the team. I think everyone knows not only is, you know, Josh Harris and David Blitzer, who are the two managing partners, you know, family to me. But, look, uh, Joel Embiid and James Harden are both family to me. So I'm super committed to staying involved and in helping these guys. And, you know, I talk to, you know, all these guys nearly di- daily. You know, I think I talk to, I talk to them all, you know, all, all the time. So it was, for me, something that had to happen. It's the right thing for Fanatics, the right thing for the Sixers. And it doesn't change. I, I believe the Sixers. I'm here to help. Uh, um, you know, and to be honest, if you keep it real, it's better for me now because I have no rules that I need to uh to live by. So I like that. Oh, and, so and you're betting on it? Yeah. So okay. it's not,
0: yeah
7: a I a lot of I'm not, No, it's not about gambling. But look, if yeah. I want to up with a free agent or I want to be involved in something, it's very easy for me. I don't have to, you know, I don't have to worry about, you know, breaking rules. I can, you know, it's you got complete flexibility. So as far as um Mitchell Nest, look, when we bought Mitchell Nest, what we thought was this is this super culturally relevant brand that we wanted to partner with the people that we make our business with. So it was like really easy for me to say, hey, you know, do this with Jay-Z, do this with Kevin Hart, do this with Braun, do this with D-Book, do this with Joel, do it with James, do it with, you know, CP3, um, do it with KD, uh, and by the way, do it with Odell Beckham. Like these are all the people that like, you know, they're helping us build our business. We're helping them build their business. So we were honored and thrilled to have them as part of it. The one thing I will say, anytime I take someone's money, I worry about it like a hundred times more than if it's our own money. So I only put people into great deals. We did the first deal we actually did where we brought outsiders in was lids. And you know, I probably I actually never told the story before, but we brought, you know, Meek, who's like a brother to me into the deal. He made 40 times his money, got his money out like a year and a half into the deal. That brought me more happiness than it probably brought him. And so I love that. You know, yeah. now by the way, that's an extraordinary situation, probably will never happen again. But Mitchell Ness. You know, we thought it was really important to have, you know, the best athletes, the best artists, um, you know, the, you know, great celebrities involved with the business because they're making culture. And so we wanted them to not only we want them to have equity appreciation in the business. So it was a really easy decision. And yes, we're going to do that stuff more. first time we ever did it was Lids. Second time we did it was Mitchell Ness, And then we got a bunch of guys that are investors and fanatics as well. And I think, you know, if we're all working toward the same thing, we all help each other. I also think for the players, you know, I think, look, look. A lot of athletic skills on this uh, on, uh, 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 on this discussion here. You know the, the reality. You included,
0: pal. You included. No,
7: me. I'm like uh, eating was my best skill set. Um, oh, hey, oh. Yeah. I get it. Drinking maybe second best. What? what? Hey, oh. That's where it stops. So the, the reality the, rea- the reality is um, this was easy for us. We want these guys above They're going to make the business more valuable, and we're going to do it more and more. And I think what you hear out of a lot of athletes is. They're really good at making money. They're less good at saving and least good at properly investing. Yeah, so, I if see. they have people they trust that want to be aligned with them, to be able to get their money to work for them is a great thing. By the way, I have friends who play sports who literally have never, you know, who have tens of millions of dollars in the bank, have never invested in a penny because they don't know who to invest with. They're nervous about it, they're uncomfortable. So, to take people you're comfortable with and you can properly invest is something that I think a lot of people are doing. A guy like CP3, who's super sophisticated, and by the way. Most, all the guys I run it off are really sophisticated guys. Um, they, you know, they want to be in the right business deals. They want to, you know, they want to create generational wealth for themselves, not just, you know, get a big paycheck, pay 50% to the government and then spend a budget. But they want to invest and in create, you know, value and wealth for themselves and, and really for their, you know, for everyone in their family. Hey, I
0: can see why a lot of people like you, man. <laughs> Listening to you chat and, you know, give, deflect any sort of like notoriety is pretty cool to kind of see at a position that you're in. Um, You said it was easy for you to give equity to the guys and want them to have a stake in it and the athletes and everything in every business that you do. And you've, you've talked about having street smarts, not really having good book. How come it took so long, you think, for some of these industries to change? Like, I feel like giving somebody a percentage of a company so they'll work harder and they'll enjoy it seems to be smart, especially if you're going to utilize their brand. How come it took so long, you think, for people to start doing that? And why did the business need you to change, you think?
7: so first of all i think many businesses get stuck doing things the same way forever and you need someone who's like likes to break shit likes to like disrupt like at my core i'm a disruptor like i like to reinvent things i like to break things we're doing if they're not right i like so i've got that kind of mentality that's not a normal mentality and so it's kind of a very entrepreneurial mentality i think as it relates to working with the the players and the you know other you know, artists and Guys have been, hey,
0: businesses have been fucking over athletes for a long time. You know, taking advantage of business-wise, investment-wise, everything-wise. There's been a lot of that for a long time. So, like, that's why I think you're so impressive because everybody you do business with loves you still. You
7: know what I mean? Here's the thing. I think if you, first of all, look, I still own a big percentage of my company. So, this, this money doesn't make any difference to me. Like, I want to win. By the way, you want the people around you to win, too. Because then, like, I love, like, I, you know, I've had this discussion with different of my friends of, like, I'd rather you do something that's 99% less financial meaningful to me for you because, like, I want you to win. And, like, I always believe in, like, we all build each other up. So, like, the way I look at it, I actually watched, you know, Chris's interview a few weeks ago. Um, He actually told me about it. I went back and watched it. It was, like, he was so thoughtful about how important it is for for players to invest in things. I thought, like, that's my responsibility to help with that, to get more people involved. And so I think a lot of people are too traditional. I also think in reality, you guys tell me, but I think a lot of, you know, athletes, you know, you like you don't trust the boring suit that's like, you know, you know, like so many rich people are like, they're painful, they're boring. they're like, you know, You're I can't sorry, have a, like there's so many people want to spend time with me. I'm like, I rather like I, I just could spend a second, you know, having a conversation. So, like, if you can relate to somebody, then you find shit to do together. It's why everyone like if, like Robert Kraft is such a relatable guy to me. Everyone's like, how are you friends with this 81 year old guy? He's <laughs> just like a kid in a, you know, in an 81 year old body. And like Robert's <laughs> like up at 5 a.m. He goes to bed at one o'clock. He's on text message, and email all the time. You know, by the way, Robert Kraft after his wedding reception that had this incredible reception, called me and said, Where are you? I said I left 10 minutes ago. Um he said, where did you go? I said I went to I said little baby had his, his album launch party today. <laughs> he said where is it? I said Rob, you just had your wedding reception, go home. He said I'm coming to Baby's party with Dana. Let's go. That's like like I like that youth here's this guy 81 years old just had this wedding reception with everyone in the world there and he chooses to go to, to baby's you know album launch party because he wanted to be there to celebrate baby and, like, that mentality of, like, staying young, being relatable, like, that's who I am. That's not most really successful people, and I think that's what makes me think about things a little bit differently and also, you know, be able to do a lot of stuff with people. And, by the way, it's win-win for all of us. We're all winning together, which is great. Hell, yeah. God, AJ. Mark,
6: last last thing for me. I, I, I think I might know the answer, but any chance, like, as you get older, you think you'll ever slow down? It seems like this is your life, and you love what you're doing. You ever see yourself taking a step back ever?
7: No, I'll be dead when that happens. Um, you know, Woo! look, I, I, I like it's the truth. I like I like I am actually working the hardest I've ever worked and having the most fun I've ever had. I'm also learning the most. Like, you know, when you get to have I have failures all the time. Like shit goes wrong all the time. When I hang when I finish the result I look at my phone, there'll be three things that weren't right, two that went wrong. Like that's interesting to me because you're always learning, you're always growing. And so like why would I change that? Like I think I don't know, for me, and this a lot of people won't agree with me who hear this. I think the second you retire, I think that's just like a step toward death. And like, I'd like to live a long, fun, intellectually interesting life. And so why do I want to be on the way to dying? yeah yeah yeah
0: that's not good The road to death doesn't sound like a fun one at all. I think not you're doing, I think you're doing it just fine. Last question from me before we let you get back to your six text messages of either happiness or failures uh Jay Z Bezos and McConaughey potentially buying the commanders. do you guys have like a billionaire group check uh, that you guys all kind of talk to each other mm-hmm. and what do you see the future of the NFL with more of these teams probably coming up for sale? Is everybody going to be trying to get into the NFL I mean obviously you rattled off a bunch of reasons why. You don't want to own a professional team, but do you see a lot of the big money folks like yourself getting into the NFL? And what does that mean for the NFL? You think?
7: Yeah. So I'm in a very unique position where fanatics is such a big opportunity that sports ownership would interfere with the success of fanatics, which has a chance to build a digital sports platform for billions of fans. So for me, it's not right for most people. It's look, there's only, you know, there's a hundred, there's 32 NFL teams. There's whatever, 120 Professional teams are at MLS, 150 professional teams at soccer, maybe 200 teams in the world. It's a very scarce asset. I'd say there are a lot of people that definitely want to get into sports ownership. The NFL is an incredible business model. It's a really good business. So it's not only this incredible sport, it's also a good business. You know, I think sports in general is a really good business. We see tons of growth. So I think, yes, you're going to see a lot of people get into it. And by the way, like sports properties would be lucky to have a guy like Jay-Z is an owner. Like, could you imagine how much value i look at what jay adds to our business i mean i remember sitting with jay a couple years ago i was talking to him about lids and i was talking about how to make sure we keep headwear hot he said michael you're thinking about the wrong way like when you get dressed you put on your sneakers you put on your jeans put on a hoodie you put on a hat that's part of your wardrobe you're not even thinking about it the right way here i am taking input about we own the biggest headwear retail in the world lids you know 1300 stores and jay's telling me how to think about it differently so like Sports properties would be so lucky to have, you know, Jays and owner. There's so many of these guys that can, you know, add a lot of value. And I think, like, look, I want to see sports get younger. I want to see the ownership groups get younger. So, to me, it's a good thing to have, you know, a lot of these people that I mentioned, you know, interested in sports ownership. And I think you keep picking up good owners. Some partners with, you know, Todd Boley and and, um, and the guy who just, you know, the guy who just bought uh, Chelsea. is a, You know, he's been an investor in Fanatics for a long time. And, you know, it's great to see him not only own the Dodgers and part of the Lakers, but also now go out – by Chelsea and he's got great partners there at Clear Lake. So I think all this stuff is great for sports. It's gonna make better product for fans and better businesses for, you know, the, the players ultimately who get half the revenue.
0: Well, keep crushing it, man. We appreciate you. You're a trailblazer for people like me and us who are trying to, you know, keep doing it in a common sense fashion while enjoying every step of the way. We appreciate your time on this busy Wednesday, sir. Hey.
7: Fun having fun being with you guys, and keep killing it. Uh, I know you guys are doing great, so congrats to you guys. And I appreciate the time.
0: Hey, where are you at? Is that your office right there?
7: I'm actually in my apartment in New York City right now because i had a uh, I had a lunch that I just finished here before.
0: Do we get any deals done at lunch? Or is, Yeah, I assume you're working. Yeah. What are you eating if you're not working, right? What are we doing?
7: I ate very I ate very little because I used to be fat. I'm trying to be less fat. Me and, um, you know, you know, I've got from pleasantly plump to just – I've got actually from fat to pleasantly plump. <laughs> and, um, husky, and
0: Husky, active
7: husky. I, I, I like husky, but you have muscle, and, you know, I don't really have a lot of that right now. So, um, busy, but
0: we're yeah. always getting stuff. There's no meeting that's not getting things done. That's that's not the way we roll. Duh, <laughs> you're the
7: best. We appreciate you, ladies and gentlemen.
0: Michael Rubin. Yeah, Michael. Remember, the clock strikes three on a Wednesday. We know what that means. Okay. Yep, it means we're going to get smarter. We're going to get better. We're going to become not only better pundits and analysts, but better right. people as a whole. Because we're going to find out why things happen and nobody else gets to know about. Ladies and gentlemen. With the 10th episode of the highly acclaimed series, Everything DB, nine-year NFL vet, former corner safety and nickel in the NFL, Darius J. Butler.
4: Let's go. go. Week 10 already. That's crazy. Damn. Um, Let's start. All right. Let's see right here. I'm blocking it right now, actually, but. Being an athlete, this is actually a good coverage, a good rep by these guys playing this coverage, which is quarters coverage down here, quarter, quarter, and then you got the half coverage up here. Heineke kind of under pressure, closes his eyes and throws this downfield. But as you'll see as this play unfolds, it's one person on the field not being an athlete. That's the guy right there in stripes. He got lost, man. So you got the back backside corner, I mean, backside safety, deep half. plays. If you run it back early from the wide cop again, plays this half perfectly. All the vertical routes kind of die down, leads him right into the overhang and helping on this deep route. And he's in great position to go and pick this ball off. But the back judge right now, he's like, oh, shit, how do I get out of this? He should have just Dang. came back God. towards the line of scrimmage, got out of the way. But instead he catches this, rolls over and scores Watch the ref gets up. He probably has a heart attack. This is a pick, probably, huh? This is a pick for sure. This, this is a game pick. changer, career changer.
3: Change yeah, so that's yeah. Incentive. I, don't if, I don't know if the moxie on Heineke would let this be a pick.
4: No, pause. I mean, he's 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 timing that up. He's counting his steps at this point. He's, about, <laughs> he's trying to get out of the way. <laughs> that, I mean, that's your, that's your natural body position where you're going to protect, protect yourself. So he's going to drop his shoulder. He hits him. And just watch the panic. In him as, he, as he rolls over, oh. he hits him, and if oh. he keeps playing, you'll see him roll over like, Oh, oh, no. oh no, 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 oh, no, oh, don't no. catch that, <laughs> <laughs> please, please, did he? Sorry, oh, so that's tough, shit. man, that's tough stuff, so be an athlete, but that would have been on the good clips, but it ended up on the bad clips. Did he clip. get so,
2: up and signal touchdowns? <laughs> <That's> <laughs> right. He was, he, he didn't want
4: to, but he was, you know, fuck, I, that's it. I am so sorry. But, uh, Dude, so <laughs> this so is another... It's another uh, thing you're going to see week in and week out. Slot phase, right? Slot phase, you probably hear people mention it. And it's a tough, tough route to defend as a defender because what offenses do typically is they put one of their best receivers in this slot formation. This is really him lining up at X. And you got this running back out here lined up at one. But you got Justin Jefferson here lined up in the slot. And that as this DB, not only do you have to – cover the inside route. But now when he lines up here, he has so much space out here to the sideline. Kirk Cousins is going to see pressure, feel pressure. It's almost a zero look, but he kind of drops back and ends up kind of like this low hold defender. So it's only one, two, three, four, five that ends up pressuring. And they're going to get, they're going to almost get home, but he's going to make a great accurate throw under pressure to his best receiver. And once again, he gets on those toes, on two, five toes. And he has so much room, so much space. You'll see it from the back copy. Um, uh, to ball. throw this ball. It was obviously a great ball under pressure. Knows exactly where he's going. Got he his hit, wind look knocked at, out of him. Yeah. Look at all him. that space that he has to throw to the outside, lead him, lead him, hit him in stride under pressure. So great, great, obviously, play design, putting Jefferson in there. But this is a tough, tough route to defend that slot fade. Um, What's he supposed to do, f- get hands on him or what? I mean, that's tough. You're off. So typically in this position when you're sending, because they, they only send five, but they still get home. But if this is a zero pressure, you're thinking this is, this is third and seven also. So you're kind of, all right, let me hang around these sticks. But when, you, when pressure is getting home, you're expecting either a slant, you know, quick slant, a quick out or fade ball. So he's, I mean, it's just, it's tough. That's one of the best receivers in the league for a reason. He gets on his toes, just run past him, and it's a great ball. Great execution. Kirk
0: knew right he was going to him win immediately, you think? I mean, yeah,
4: once you so once you get this alignment and he knows he has eighteen here and just by alignment, he knows like the safety's all the way on the other side of the field. So he's not gonna get middle of the field help or you know, it's no it's nobody to help him. This has to be a one on one. So when you get when you line up in empty as an offense, you're gonna get answers. Pre-snap, you're going to get answers quick. It's hard to disguise when, when teams line up in empty. And uh, defenses, AJ obviously would notice, defense is going in every week, you have a game plan for empty. Like, hey, all right, when they go empty, we're going to go cover two. When they go empty, we're going to go zero. We're going to go three. And then maybe you switch it up at some point. So, um, Kirk knew pre-snap exactly where he was going to
0: say. Hey, ball. throw this one out, AJ. This is Jack Del Rio, too, you know. Yeah,
4: that's uh-huh. right. You're good. Yeah. Happy yeah. birthday.
6: If they, D- <laughs> but what if they brought – all the. there's six up there. Yep. I, I got you, there's six showing at the line if all of them come they got a free runner obviously this is a play too though with that inside fade kirk can kind of backpedal and buy a little time and still put it up for him.
4: yeah absolutely so if if the guy who have number four on him i think that's curl if he just comes like aj said they probably get home a step quicker but they kind of drop him in there to take away this quick crosser take away a quick throw but as a d as a db if we're gonna blitz i'd rather you send everybody just send the yeah. gas and let me figure it out in the back end. But Kirk does a good job. I, he's already looking at his target. He knows exactly where he's going. He does a good job of actually putting the ball, knowing you're going to get hit anyway, but putting the ball out there to where only 18 can catch it or it's going to be incomplete. incomplete pass. Hey, yeah, remember,
0: Kirk has said on the record, if I die. <laughs> I, I die. die. I die. So I don't think he's ever, like, lacked courage. I mean, him sitting in there, he lost his win there. He said he was moaning, and Mm -hmm. Payne said, you'll be all right as he was walking by him. They get the win (laughs) over the Commanders. Close game, but this is something that you just got to make a play, I guess. That's the expectation. It's a big
4: third down. This is in the fourth quarter, so this is uh, obviously a huge play. Now, this excuse me, this is a great play design uh, for Mike McDaniel because you're going to put this middle linebacker in the bind. I'm sure A.J. has been in this position a lot. But um, he's going to shift. He's going to motion this fullback up to the end of the line of scrimmage. And then they're going to have a play action run fake. And what this fullback is going to do is he's going to crack this DN, And then that's going to put him in a situation where once he sees that crack to him, he knows, shit, I got to replace. I got to get somewhere to fill a lane in the run game. So you see the crack here, fake run. And now obviously it's a play action. So where you would want him is to be able to drop back and kind of get some depth there. And then for this backside safety, This is your number one receiver. You got to be able to push. Once this boot action is happening with Tua back here, you got to be able to push and get over there and help um, on this guy, right? This is your one guy. This second vertical going through there is going to be on that cover two. They're playing cover two in the back end. It's going to be on that cover two corner. But a great play design. Tua's going to get out here on the edge. And as you can see, the play action uh, fake works. You got Tyreek Hill here, and you got Waddle right behind him. And it's obviously a huge. Huge gap there, makes a great accurate throw. But it started with the play design. It started with putting 57 in this bind, which you can see probably better from the uh, from the tight copy.
1: Are these the two hardest uh, receivers to cover on the same team as far as from a DB standpoint?
4: Yeah, it just, they're so fast. And like as a DB, as a safety, wherever you are, your typical landmarks that you go in every week, like it, it have to change because they're just, they, they move. They, you, you feel it. They just move differently. It's one thing to see them on film. I played against Tyreek Hill, I think once. It's one thing to see a guy like that on film, and then when you see him in real life, it's like different. Probably like I'm sure AJ, you probably faced Randy Moss before. Like you see Moss on film, striding on his prime, but then when he's actually on the field with you, like like this this, this dude ain't human. It's yeah. different. So it's 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 like two two Bugattis out there moving for sure. But uh, uh, AJ, let me let's let me get some of your input from the tight cop. He the middle
6: reader. Is 57, the middle reader. There? I believe he's Tampa? gonna. be. Yeah,
4: he's the yep. This Tampa, so he. They bump over after this motion. What is this a boss boss over?
6: Boss they, yeah, yeah, bow away, boss too. Yeah. Yeah. What so, does that mean? What this does that is mean?
4: 21 personnel. Boss, boss
6: strong bow away. Like they you boss strong so they're they're bumping strong. If you bow, you bow away like if they went weak. What does BO you bow mean? Away. Bump over? Nah, whatever. I don't yeah. know what it stands for. It's
4: is good. Is it question. bump over know.
0: strong, bump over away or no?
4: I remember uh, that was Chuck said last week. He said Probably. bump away weak, but then it's it's still Bo. It's yeah, still Bo. So, whatever. Yeah, so they're bossing over to the. This sh- just how it's ball. always been. Yeah, ball. it's how it's yeah. always been. All right. So it's twenty-one personnel. <laughs> yeah. So you think you know twenty-one personnel? You know coming out of Huddle, you're probably thinking you run, tight end backside, two receivers front side, and then him, and then. So how would you play this, AJ? Well,
6: now you know how the outcome.
4: Pre-snap, I mean, yeah,
6: of course, yeah. When you know the outcome, it's it's easier sitting here in an air-conditioned yeah. room. But I would take one step back, so I'm like six yards at the snap. If you're the middle reader. You're, a, lot, a lot of coaches will tell you, like, you're almost, you're not secondary run defender, but you're not expected to go up there immediately. Like, you should have to wrap over the top, or if the guy's going to knock it back to you, you're going to be a step late on that run fake. So, you know, right away, you're screwed right here if you're 57 because yeah. they are showing good run action right in yeah. your face. Was he the backup, too, because Roquan just got traded? Mm-hmm. He's, he's a rookie. Total. He's still going that way, AJ.
0: We can't win with
4: it, AJ. Can't have
0: it. Can't, I mean, what's, what's, what's he doing, is AJ? Tell him to keep his fucking that's eyes that's up. I that? will tell you, this guy has a lot of heart, though.
4: Yeah, if he okay. hands that ball young off, young know, got thin. But now it's all shit. All shit, and then obviously, you know, you got Wada coming behind him. Good play design, though. Good play design, good accurate Great throw from points. Tua. I would like to um, let 57 know
0: me talking shit there is... Not serious. We're just Because what a nightmare situation, because he has to think, this is all happening so quick. That's why what you guys do on the field is so fucking stupid. The reactions, if you take one false step, he literally what? Just one step the wrong way right there. That one, yeah, that's the one that
6: just completely fucked
4: up. Hey, that's Tyreek too, right? It's Tyreek. Yep, it's Tyreek in the slot, and then you have okay, Wild.
6: Can you yeah. run it back, Pat? If you run it back, Tyreek, he like he pauses on him, He gives him this little stutter. It looks like he's gonna try to crack him. So the backer <laughs> thinks that oh, he's gonna crack me here. Uh oh, I gotta get underneath it. Oh, see ya. <laughs> oh yeah, because he was trying to like he was trying to get yeah, ready,
4: bracing himself for. It. Good job by that. <laughs>
6: Good job by Tyreek, man. Yeah. That's high football IQ stuff yeah. that won't get. Talk. Talks about whenever mm-hmm. you talk about good the Good fake cheating. by Tua, too. Yeah, was good fake that was by Tua.
2: Yeah, that, that is just a great play call and that play action. He, can't see the ball. Yeah, so fucking good. musician. And, and
0: fucking also, fucking I mean, musician. this is a fucking good – oh, shit.
6: Can't do it there. You
0: go back to – look at this
6: lineman pulling, too. You see that guy out in space, like, I got to get downhill now. You look at the guard pulling or whatever, but Full, also – Fullback
4: cracking down.
0: Look at the running
4: back. Yeah, Wilson. I mean, yeah.
0: that's good – you could see how a ball could potentially fucking – like mm-hmm. it's it's full commitment yeah. by everybody. Yeah.
4: And he, yep.
2: Wilson had kind of been chewing them up on the ground too, so it's – I had to play it. Good play, Mike. Good, good
4: execution, good guys. Execution, Stop good it. Throw. Good throw. Sorry about it, 57. Sorry about it, Smart with
6: that, that little motion uh, pre-snap too, D, but just yeah. to get him thinking, like just move the, the fullback out to make it uh, – a you, you go know, to the wide side cut. just to get you – you got going to be me boss. Oh, wait. Here we go. Ball
4: yeah. snap. Oh, no. What you am just I just doing? Let it rock. I'm also just let getting it a lot it. of
6: reports. Jackie Boy has watched this play
0: 500 times, so he yeah. won't make cool. this mistake again. There okay. Thank yeah, that's you. That's tough. That's
4: tough right there. That is tough. Good play. Yeah, that's, a good play. Good play right there. Hey, they're
0: going to get you. You know, not the Colts. We didn't score any. <laughs> no. We had negative two yards. I mean, <laughs> sure. it seems like this play actually gets you yards regardless. It's like putting your name on the SAT, which I think Michael Rubin <laughs> got to do. If didn't do well. Yeah. Get like four arm points. You just run a couple of these plays. You're going to get yards guaranteed. Got to have weapons though, because everybody's got to respect everything. Is that yeah? You still got to
4: have weapons. You know, play design obviously helps, but players. You know, players make the difference. Those guys obviously moving so fast. And then on the defense, not only that Mike linebacker, but that backside safety. Like once your threat, like that's your number one threat. At once he moves, like everything should move when you have a boot or sprint action. All the zones move. So you got to be. What's able that to called? Relate. Plaster. Uh, plaster is more so like. The quarterback, you know, the the routes have been ran, and now Big Ben used to do this a ton. Like, he'll go, and you get home, and he just throws a guy off, and now the receivers just start to run in the backyard, shit. And then you got to just find them, fuck the zone, and just find them and play. This is
0: just mirroring quarterbacks. Yeah,
4: this is mirroring quarterbacks. And then that linebacker, he's not going to make that play, but it's really his job to make him have to put more. You saw he just put that on the line. Yeah. But if he makes – force him to put more air on it and if that backside safety is actually squeezing, it's a potential that he makes that play put. I mean, that, that, that was a obviously a big um, a big area that uh, – Connor, throw, we, throw knew that that. we knew that. We knew that that
0: linebacker is trying to get it a little mm-hmm. – his job in this particular role is literally just to get a little bit more air under the ball so that the 4-2 guy in the back may be close on it. Yeah. And Zantasha. That's, that's the type of fucking planning happening in the NFL, though. Like, that's the type of shit that's going on. That's why I think, like, people, whenever you watch games – And if you see bad football, you see bad football. But, like, when teams are going, the amount of fucking, like, detail-oriented structure thought that is going into every single play is, I think, should be talked about more. That's why I enjoy this type of
1: shit. Well, and I I think d chose to play either last week or two weeks ago with the Vikings against the Lions, and the guy was just lined up. Uh, half a step oh, inside, yeah. like it's it's yep. it's crazy how Over. minute so the leverage, details are, yeah. and but that's the difference in a
4: game. Leverage alignment, leverage is all. That's terrific. from
0: Super Bowl champion to being fucking exactly. top five pick, yeah. Yeah. that type of stuff.
4: It's and crazy, it's, it's insane. Speaking of Super Bowl champion, so we got uh, obviously the Rams end up losing this Not game, this year. but uh, <laughs> you got Cooper Cup in here, the triple crown winner. Once you got so tight end, receiver, receiver, AJ, fucking, I'm sure it is. whatever, fuck it. Cover three on What defense, is A.J. Right? doing in the middle of everything, D.B.? Yeah. Did you hear Va- that? Va- Va- got some ashes, man. man. What is that all about, A.J.? Oh, a to right. housekeeping. We'll housekeeping. To yeah, keep going. well, wait until wow. wait after the show. <laughs> <laughs> Dirtbag. So, we yeah, got man. empty on here. Once again, once you get an empty, you got to get answers priest. Now, What's the down and this? I think it's the second. Yeah, second and 11. So, empty. You got Cooper Cup in the slot here. And now this is – so, we've seen a bunch of Eagles clips. And on defense, what they do on defense is they carry their seams, right? So – these seams go up and out. You carry them as the flat defender. And this true zone cover three is more of a landmark defense. A lot of coaches in the league will call it like high school cover three, where you're getting to landmarks. So as a curl flat defender, you're going to get out here and kind of get into your landmark. That deep third defender, instead of being like a man uh, principal on that number one receiver out here, because we know the flat defenders carrying number two. So he's staying with number two. Now as this deep third defender, you have to split the vertical. If these guys run vertical, you're responsible for both of them, right? And then, obviously, as a post safety, it's your job to be on the landmark and get a good read and break off of this quarterback. But you're responsible. If these, both of these guys go vertical, you got to split them. Same thing for this deep third defender up here. So if you let this play, you'll see he does his job. He sinks out. But this guy, he kind of – pause it. He's going to get caught up with this number one tight end who runs a comeback route. He almost treats it like a three carry or a three match when he's supposed to continue to run. Three,
0: you're talking cover three. Cover three. Cover Cover three, three, match.
4: So he's playing it like number 22 is going to continue to run with Cooper Cup, and that way he would be able to play this comeback. But since he's dropping Cooper Cup and just getting to his zone, you see how he's pointing? You end up with the receiver wide open up the scene. Now, this guy is trying to do a better job of it, but he's not getting to his midpoint either. So we used to have midpoints in New England, hey, two yards outside of the numbers. That was your, your landmark as a deep third defender. And that way you What's can he saying here, run. man, 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 man? 2-2? Two, two? Yeah. He's just kind of pointing. You know, when you're in zone, zone defenses. You're you know, just pointing. You're talking. Sometimes it's verbal. Sometimes it's nonverbal communication. But he's expecting that corner to continue to run with him. And if Stafford was to throw this ball out here, he was just expecting. That's on him. Yeah, that's on him. That's yeah. on this flat defender, same as it would be up here. So you see he's trying to do it. He's trying to split these two verticals. I think he's a little too wide. Um, but th- you know he's getting caught up on his comeback route, so that's a, a, a blown coverage, a blown assignment, an me. And, um, and this is just miscommunication. I mean, right? this is a this the this, is a, this, is a, this is the best player on the team. Mm-hmm. Like you Got don't want come. the situation uh, for that player. And if you see this from the tight copy, Stafford gets a bad mm-hmm. snap here. But he still – and then he runs and fucking scores a touchdown. But Stafford to get a bad snap here, and he still catches a snap, looks the safety off to his left, and then goes – he knows exactly where he's going with the ball. So this is still high-level quarterback play, but defenses, we can't make it that easy.
1: What do you think about uh, Jalen Ramsey just absolutely – Well,
4: well, 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 <laughs> yeah. well. Oh, he, yeah, that, that, that's, that's one of the things you say amongst – you know, probably each other. Like you come off, you he made the play, take he yeah. his helmet off. You think, uh-huh. but I mean, it's it's, it's football. You know, they, it, sometimes you got to go back out there and get another stop. It's just football. And actually, Jay. LeRim's what he's saying is valid. What he's saying is valid. Yeah, yeah. But it's something that's not something you say to Indoor somebody voice. outside of the meeting.
0: Now you bringing up that question with me knowing what play is coming next. Fascinating. Oh, is that right? Oh. Yeah,
4: yeah. I didn't, yeah, I didn't, yeah, I didn't I kind know. Of not knowing yeah, 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 coming yeah. next. Our team's so,
2: starting to realize that, like, with the Rams, like, hey, they only throw it to Cooper Cup. They don't complete sure. passes to well, anyone else. <laughs> yeah. like yeah, it was. <laughs> other, how, yeah. how does this shit continue happen when he is literally the only guy who is making any explosive Yeah, hold on. A- answer
0: this question. Yep. How? Whenever they say, well, they're going to make him play left-handed, they're going to take away their back, what does that mean normally? And is that what the Bucks did all game except for that particular play? No, because it,
4: Cup is their only weapon. No, it was other plays where he was wide-ass open, too. It's just... When you offered. put Cooper Cup and um, and that was it didn't matter who was running that seam right there that could have literally been anybody if you drop them in coverage but typically in zone coverages if you run a zone coverage against a quarterback and a receiver that on, are on the same page like Matt Stafford and Cooper Cup they're going to be open they're going to complete the ball it's just about uh, limiting the yak yardage after catching the ball when you're playing zone coverages now if you're playing man coverages you're trying which, to eliminate it which I would try to play as much as possible against the Rams. That's when you're, okay, we have a guy assigned to Cooper Cup, and then we got another guy assigned to help him. So I may be playing him, and, hey, Darius, just don't let him win outside. And then I know I have help inside. Um, but it's it's always easier said than done. And then you have other things that you have um, you know worry about within trying to stop an offense. But you can't, regardless of who this receiver is, this camp. I mean, this guy's wide the fuck open too. Yeah. Like I said, he's not. I don't think he's doing a great job of splitting. So I don't think either corner is doing a good job right here splitting the difference between those two. Is this verticals. a
0: cover three beater?
4: Yes. This is a cover Four verts are they're a cover three beater because yeah. you got one guy responsible for two verts. So unless you get a great break out of his post, once watch, you saw from the back copy how Stafford moved him, that little movement just opens it up even more. D-butt, are you a
6: bit surprised? Like with 22s in the slot there, I don't know how they're they're supposed to play their cover three. But if it's true spot drop cover yep. three, I know pre snap if I'm walked out, I'm the curl flat defender. That corner, whoever it may be. I got to tell him, hey, man, I will be under that comeback. I will be, I'm going to drive to the sticks, almost to the sideline to take care of that so you don't feel threatened as a corner, and you can run with – you can kind of get to Cooper Cup faster, I guess.
4: Yeah, but that, that, that's – to me, that's on the corner. The corner just has to 100% know the design trust of him. That. Yeah, that's the design of the defense, and it's called high school cover three for a reason because this is the kind of cover three we run in high school. So this is something – maybe a conversation they have during the week, like, hey, they run this route, I'm going to be out here. But he has to know – like he shouldn't. His eyes should never even go. If you rewind yeah. it, he goes into a back pedal, and then his eyes go. To, like this is like this looks like a man to man. Yeah. Like his eyes should stay. So right now he should be opening his hips to the like how he is. Run it back, please.
8: Yep.
4: So thirty five. His hips are going to open. This is a zone turn. What he does is a man turn. He's, his hips open up to the man. He is zone open the whole way. Like that's how you have to play a cover three. Once again, he has to. So we had. And that you're
0: f- saying he's the shoot. only one that's not doing it.
4: That's how you can assume. This is the one guy that's not playing this coverage correctly, I would say.
0: And that is, it's as easy as that. What if he didn't? We're assuming he got the call. He didn't miss the call. But you get one guy out of 11 a little bit off. We got 75 yards here for Cooper Cup. Yeah. Yeah.
4: And maybe they go back and forth with how they play cover three. Sometimes they carry it. Sometimes we drop it, which we did that sometimes, too. So you got to be able to execute, and everybody got to be on the same page. It is um, obviously critical. Um, This is the, so this play right here. First and 10, and this is the – so Ramsey and the defense got to stop. They had to go back out there again. It's the beginning of the two-minute game-winning drive from Tom Brady and the Bucks. First and 10, 44 seconds left on the clock, no timeouts. So right now we're keeping things in front of us, and we're trying to tackle guys inbounds, and we're not giving up big plays. Like, that's the thing. That's what your coach should do in this situation because time is your friend. Yeah, they can complete the ball. Just don't let them complete it and get out of bounds. That's what they let him do. I could have just ran, obviously, the, the four, five, six plays on just this drive alone because they just let him get the ball all the way downfield. But right here, um, this is, uh, is kind of like that. We talked about this coverage, too. This is kind of like a trap, and this is tough to do because you don't know exactly how to coach, but he's playing this like a trap. It's so basically, me, if this tight end runs up and breaks out, I'm going to steal that. But whenever we do that trap, we know what that means for this half-field safety. You have to get more width. Because you have to be able to get to this number one receiver, and obviously Scotty Scotty mm-hmm. Miller is a burner. So I, that
0: I felt real good about that. I didn't know what you were going to do. I we had not gone.
4: We, did, we went over this. before This is week ten. We, I know. We, you know week ten. That's what to, I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah. 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 I felt real shit as I was yeah. doing the thing.
0: I'm like, oh shit! I yeah. think he's got to get. He's got to
4: get more width. We saw Honey Badger, I think, get a pick on this early in the season in oh, London. London, but, uh, London, oh, oh, London, oh,
0: London. You remember The queen was there. She died before she crowed. Hello. Hell of a run. <laughs> Oi! Oh, Pop it. Wasn't it, AJ, what they did in London?
6: I'm not doing any more access. Oh, 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 that's oh, the only yeah. one you
0: got. You yeah, cheeky yeah, yeah, yeah. cunt. dead. <laughs> <laughs> that's in. That's a term of. I agreement. didn't say yeah. that. No, yeah. Long Someone, from right? yeah Someone from London did. Wait, no. well, right. they do
1: more <coughs> German games. till well, you hear know what we do? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. oh my oh, no. gosh! Yeah. Leave that off next week, D. But But do not have sorry, to do the game. Sorry, yeah. sorry. Do not yeah, come in do here. we so,
4: uh, her hawk
6: will be excited. <laughs> right.
1: uh-huh. right. so we
4: know AQ is basically playing the whole game on Tuesday. Yeah, one, two three, four, five, six. So we got six DBs out here. We got dime personnel. Because of the bucks. Yeah, and it's 44 seconds left. So anyway, this is uh, Jalen Ramsey up here. He's the nickel, dime, whichever one. It would be the diamond. This is the passing strength down here. here. But this is tight end. Once again, you can't give up these chunk plays. So if you're going to give up a a route that doesn't go on about, it can't be a big 25, 30-yard gain. You'll see he does not get enough depth here, in my opinion. This is the route that you want. To be pat, You want you want this check down to be caught, and then you rally and tackle it as zone defender. If, if Tom Brady throws this ball to seven, we got Bobby Wagner, we got two, we got five, all coming and getting him tackled and bound. And the next snap is probably going to be 20-something seconds. But you can't give up this big scene route. Like, this is too easy of a play to give up with 44 seconds left, no timeouts. This ends up being a 28-yard uh, pitch and catch, and it obviously sets up the uh, game-winning touchdown. And I think it goes to him as well. I think he oh, catches yeah, the yeah, game-winning yeah. touchdown. So is this miscommunication? What is it, you think? You're trying to guess on something? No, I wouldn't say trying to guess. This is mis- this is them playing the call. But once again, as a pro, you have to take the call, and then you have to, do, you have to know the situation attached with that call. Like, there's no time. Like, this is the one I can't. So you just got to continue just sinking back, just getting depth, forcing Tom to throw this check down in this situation, in my opinion. So, like, it's just – if you do, I, do, we have this one from the back copy. Yeah, sure. Okay, yeah. So I think if you're a quarterback and you just see the tempo and the pace of his drop, you know right. Tom knows right now that this seam is going to be open, just off his drop because there's no depth, there's no nothing out of his Like, yeah.
1: what is he doing? So that's yeah. that's that. Hmm. I mean,
4: that's you can't you can't have that. You can't do that in this situation. Hmm. Uh, Regard. I don't care what your coach to do as a player, as a pro, you have to know. Forty-four seconds left. First and ten. We get a couple tackles and bounce the games over. How about the little? they need hop. a touchdown, too. It's a four-point game. So
0: How about fun. the little hop from Tom, just, like, so pumped?
4: Yeah, he oh, done. here we go. Cool.
0: Yep, a little.
4: He needed this one. He did.
0: Boy, It's fucking started. awesome. Yeah.
4: Yeah. You saw the reaction after the game. It was like he won a fucking playoff game. But um, it was a big one, and obviously a big win for the team. And the Rams had to go back out there in defense, but you got to be able to get a stop. What's that all about? What's it, is that is that Jalen just
0: being so pissed off about the situation potentially? Maybe is the game's but, over. Yeah, yeah,
4: yeah, Maybe potentially,
0: like legitimately yeah. being like, why can't you guys you run three isos or powers or whatever? Give the ball. Back. You you take fourteen seconds off the clock. Give the ball back. How about you guys just do something? Is that you're talking about humans here? Yeah. Talking about, you know, humans. You can talk and about and humans. obviously,
4: he was bothered by you know having to go back out there. But once again, that's part of it. Um, if you got to go back out there, you got to go back out there. Um, Three under three deep, something we've been talking about a lot this year, five man pressure. And also another route we've been talking about since the preseason, I think the first time we saw with um, the fast kid that was the track star that was in Philly Devin from Allen. Oregon. Devin Allen, yep. So this is going to be the same route. So you're going to get an over route, a deep crosser from him, and then, let me get out of the way, and then a post from him. And then uh, one of the best corners in the league uh, right now, Jair Alexander. He might be even communicating what's coming. Like, let me see. this. I didn't see this earlier. Well, that Run has, it back a little
3: bit. This Packers secondary struggled with yeah. this. Yeah, so, so, this is, so
4: he's regard. giving them a little signal right here, right now. Oh, he's like, like, hey, they're, they're like, trying hey, to fuck hey, us. Just, <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey, they hey, they are trying or to. Or just mm-hmm. be, be alert. When you see this formation, a <laughs> lot of big bodies in it. This is actually an extra uh, lineman right here that's coming in as an eligible tight end. He's motioning. Skip. So right now, this is just a bunch of big bodies condensed, everyone inside the numbers. So as a veteran player, you're expecting this type of play. And obviously, he was on all over it from the jump. He showed golf exactly what he did. Oh, God! (laughs) Hey, him flipping his hips, big deal. Yeah, he's just open. Zone coverage, keeping everything in front of him. So right now, he's he's almost filling this receiver, but he's looking across the field, knowing what's coming, and also looking at the quarterback and really just, just waiting for... Uh, Because to him, I don't know how much he sees 23, but he feels like, okay, I got what I need. I got a ton of space running back. It's going to be a play action fake. It's going to be a play action fake. So all three underneath defenders (laughs) respect the play action. So it's going to be a big hole. But he's all over this, as you saw from the pre-snap signal. Like he he knew this play was coming the entire time. Him too. watch. Watch how quickly he opens his hip to cover this post route like right now. Like he already knows. Okay, I know what's coming. Ten yards away, and yeah, he's they're looking like right. I know what's coming. Yeah, Damn. so obviously yep. this is what we've been expecting to see from the Packers all year. But um, great, great play by um, Jair here.
6: Look at him plant his foot. Yeah,
4: balls to Ball two losing route.
6: Two man, two man route with they're they're all condensed too. You know, yep. someone's
4: there's a good chance they're cross. Skip yeah. this tackle. It's uh, so alert shot. So this is, you um, mean. you know that's that's making the play and knowing what's coming <laughs> before. Guess yeah. how many points they scored after that? <laughs> <laughs> how many? None. Hey, look at how the motion messes up their linebackers.
6: If you run it back, Yeah, they're jumping over top of each other. He jumps over and then he comes back. They're like, oh no, who cares? We're not going to go back. Like if you see this, watch seventy. Okay, here we go. Slip flip. It's skip. Uh, oh, oh, nope! Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, they all took like a step that way and then came back. Get yep. you like get you out of sorts like before the snap, so you're yeah. playing behind.
4: I, I'm a big proponent. If I'm an offensive coordinator, I play off. caller, like give me some pre-snap motion, pre-snap shifts. Mess with, like, the they rules. Yeah, Mess that, with all the Yeah, more rules. to think have about. Right? Like more mental. The tight gymnastics. end lift his yep. hand
6: up and think about going over and I put it back yeah. down. Like shift your tight end motion because there's difference between shifts and motions. Yep. like there's different rules.
4: Yeah, so it's tough. And that's one another thing that Mike McDaniel's Miami does and Sam Fran does Good a lot, eyes. a lot of pre-snap, but he's all over it. And these, these, play, these type of plays that are made, a lot of big plays that are made in the NFL, especially defensively, are made pre-snap. Either Ds have a tell. They know, you know, all right, I'm going to make this move on the tackle. Or, I set him up early in the game. And as a DB, that's calling it knowing Formation recognition is what that was. Right no. And then um, this is another. Another, three over three under. another formation wreck. uh Jesse Bates, another really good right. player in this league. Um, they were obviously all over the, the, the Panthers this weekend. But it's going to be covered, too. Um, First route's going to kind of die down. He's only going to have one vertical threat, and you'll see him get with. And you always talk about tips and overthrows. you you got to have them. But watch Jesse Bates. Just watch him run this rep. It's not even much. to. This is a cover two rep. He's a deep half safety with really one vertical threat over here.
0: So this is an easy play for him to read. You don't have as much to fucking figure out.
4: It's, yeah, cause you got you got one one. I mean, unless this guy streams, which if this tight end is a burner, he may put some more pressure on it. But this is literally that's his only threat. It's his job. We always talk about it as an underneath flat defender. Get depth, play things top down. But he this, he's already breaking and this is an overthrow. And if he doesn't overthrow it, remember we talked about the linebacker earlier. His job is to make that that underneath job. If you're going to throw it over my head, you're going to have to put some type of air on it. But if he makes any other throw, I think this corner makes a play on the ball. He overthrows it and that but that's a great rep from beginning to end from uh Jesse Bates.
1: PJ Walker uh you think that was kind of his comeback to Earth game, or do you think you just had hey,
4: a tough? Hey, you, you got sometimes you just have stinkers, man. It, it was that was an absolute stinker on uh, both sides of the ball for him. But he had a, a, a really rough, really rough go at it. Linebacker got a, a pick this game too. That was a really nice. Right, play. To it was tough. Yeah, it was. Yeah, in the NFL, you have a bad mm-hmm. game
0: like at certain positions. You can get exposed quick. Yeah. Quick. I mean, it, this game was over. This is 20, uh, yeah. 20 something in the like first quarter. Six yeah. minutes in. Yeah. yeah, it was. Joe Mixon at three. And it's like, all right, here we go. Uh, this is going to be a tough one. We had the Steelers buzz us one time. Oh, yeah. It was like, you have a bad game at a couple different positions and the other team is on it. It's yeah. like, at home. You can get fucking boat yeah. raced real quick. I feel like that happened to PJ Walker and the Carolina and Panthers. This,
4: this Bengals team is coming off an ugly performance of their own. So, you know, you come in with opponent that um, you feel like you should beat up on, and that's uh, what they did. Jordan Whitehead, uh, this is uh, cover three right here. Um, We actually had a play with Jordan Whitehead earlier this season against the Packers. Um, Oh, Oh, really? Aaron Rodgers under center play action. Jordan Whitehead bit up on the play action and then got back to the, I think it was a flat route Mm -hmm. with the moving pocket. So it's going to be the same thing here, but this time Josh Allen throws the ball to him. So you see him running back so you can highlight him pre-snap. So he has – this is cover three down in the red. You usually don't see cover three down here in, like, the 14-yard line. But deep third, one, two, three. These guys are responsible for um, the deep part of the field. And you got one, two, three, four underneath defenders. So he has a run responsibility. He has a run gap, which he comes up, bites. But then once he uh, does that, he's get back into his pass responsibility. And then he expands with the moving pocket. And then Josh had it.
6: Oh! Undercut it. He undercut yep. the receiver. I mean, yep. that's just a basic, like – thing that a lot of people might not notice but you see him he he gets out he drives he sees like the route. He's like all right here we go let me slide underneath and
0: And there's a chip there right that's on purpose obviously or is that a fake block oh that's a fake block
6: Mm.
4: by the tight end yeah Yeah. Yeah, he kind of helps you know help secure that edge a little bit because this is going to be a boot he's coming out so boom he does his job and he gets out and it's and it also kind of gives some timing too because if he goes too fast he'll already be out here by the time Josh Allen gets out of that fake. so But Josh Allen has to see that, That's, throw that away. Yeah, that was, um, this is the first drive of the game, too. I don't know if y'all remember that. Yeah. Stephon Diggs, mm-hmm. double move on sauce. This was that same mm, drive. After the slip uh, kickoff. Yep, so you give the big play, oh, and then that was awesome. you, you end it in the red zone. So this is a big Why, why didn't hit. Josh see him, you think? Yeah, what, you just,
0: think 91's too big, can't see over him?
4: No, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't tell you. Maybe 91's in his vision, but if a DB is looking at you, like and you're throwing a flat, like I, I, I don't know what Josh was thinking here. But he has the next play. It's probably a worse uh, interception for <laughs> 17. Really? This, this, this is the one thing you could you can look at Josh Allen tape and, and say, all right, you could be better with taking care of the ball, eliminating these bone, bonehead plays. But it's something I want. Damn, I, I feel I actually feel bad about doing this or saying this. Well, it's too late whoa, whoa, now, D. No, 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 no. no, no, no. We're, like feeling good. But yeah. for quarterbacks, I feel like the ops right now. For quarterbacks, if you ever see a, a corner out here, right? Oh. With this type of energy, pre snap, let it rot. Whoa. Pre pause it. State season. He ain't in man coverage. <laughs> all right, that ain't, that ain't, that ain't, you ain't, do, look, he ain't in man coverage. You're doing all this and that. Look, he's gonna be most likely in cover two all right so whatever the safety very going, confident very that, relaxed it's not even that. he's a confident player he's all that but in man coverage you know you kind of like locked in it's like a one-on-one fight like all right i need to split i need this what am i getting released what's going to be the concept but if i have a flat route some some young corners especially well kind of, i'm not saying it's about sauce but just corners in general when you have cover too some guys you'll think about it as kind of a down off it's kind of like a Alright, breathe. Like, you know, alright. Let me get out here. But if you see, if you see, see your cat out there doing that, <laughs> that's a telltale sign. <laughs> that lets me further know. So when I was watching this game. I already knew. Alright, he's not going to be a man. What are they running? Um, but he rose up. and There is some disguise here. Guys moving around. But uh, But as the snap goes. It's going to be split safety. It's going to be cover two. And this is second and 17. Second and long. Second so. and
0: 17. It feels like there's a lot of dudes up here on the second and 17. That's second, just Sala?
4: Second and long. Yeah, you're showing pressure just to maybe create some type of confusion to help your four-man rush, but it's going to end up being a four-man rush. Everybody's going to get out, and as that underneath defender, once again, you just got to continue sinking. You see this cover two corner continue to sink, and Josh Allen, once again, I don't know if he doesn't see him. Gabe Davis takes an outside release and then runs an out route. I don't see that much, especially against cover two. Usually that's converted into a fade, but once again, Josh Allen throws the ball right to Sauce. In and now you got the ball, and the offense, Zach Wilson, and the offense gonna line up at the 19 20 yard line. Um, and this, what point in the game was this? This was third, third quarter, Late five third? and a half left in the game. So, another huge turnover. Um, uh, obviously, Josh Allen he makes plays that only Josh Allen can make, you know, with his legs, with his arms sometimes. Um, but these are the plays obviously that he has to eliminate. But, yeah, he thought, Gabe
6: was, he, he thought Gabe was going in, right. I mean, hey, D, Tim, but, is that yeah. one of those? Uh, they talked about choice routes they have. Is this something Gabe decided to break it out because he felt sauce inside? Normally, he'd be outside leveraging cover too.
4: Yeah, I, I, I honestly this this is a head scratcher to me because you don't usually if you got a rolled up corner, these receivers just convert these to fades. You know what I mean? And if they yeah. do run a seven route, then they, they it's almost like a must inside release. You're saying this um, way as a yeah, to just this a straight way. fade. You, you know, you you hear it a lot. Oh, the hole shot, the honey hole shot. But like to run a, a seven route here with a with a flat defender right underneath you. Yes, that's maybe that's something that that offense does. I'm not sure. But um, regardless of what route he was running, you can't throw. That's it. not on you. That's <laughs> not
0: on. Sauce. Doesn't care at all. Hey, Man, he's
4: hey, doing hey, his hey. job. It's second and long. I'm getting a reroute. I'm getting depth, and you know I'm I'm I got vision on the quarterback as an underneath uh, flat defender. So, um, but quarterbacks obviously got to see him. It's second and third. Second and 17. So right now he alerts. He's making whatever c- protection calls because you do have a double mug look. So maybe they just completely fooled him on the coverage. But he looks at him literally from the snap and still throws this ball. So I don't – I mean, this is a head scratcher here. Um, but you he, he said, he said
0: Josh though was known to give a couple away. I didn't know that he yeah. is.
4: Josh, he yeah. will take some yeah. shots. Even the Packers game. That say. Packers game, that's why they Red's covered, really. It, yeah. Because they had, that game should have been a, a blowout, yeah. I think. But um, it was some plays like, you know, just throwing it back across. The, because when you are that talented, same thing with Luck. Luck yeah. will do the same thing. When you are that talented and you can make those type of throws, you're going to give some away. And, um, but these, these if a, a corner makes a great play, safety makes a great play, that's one thing. But these type of picks, um, obviously you've got to eliminate those.
0: And this can't,
4: you know. And re- yeah, if the referee is not on your team. You've got to be a fucking athlete. Dang. you got to be an athlete.
0: Dude, look at the cell, though. Good ball. Good ball. <laughs> Good ball.
4: That's a flatback. Yeah. That's it's a, a full flatback. He's
0: right there like, ah, oh.
1: Curtis Samuel on his
0: face. I will say, whenever you, whenever you, if you're going to fall on your back, that mm-hmm. is how you get as wide as possible to mm-hmm. eat up as much as the, uh, the collision with the ground as you possibly can. Mm-hmm. Good bump first. The, the energy? Yeah, yeah. that's why. You know. tuck that chin area. too. Boom. Big. Yeah. yeah, tuck your chin too. You yeah, don't want to get the old. Con- Did you see Humphrey? We talked about this Marlin? yesterday. Marlin. Yeah, Marlon Humphrey against Olave, Olave, Olave Alave on Monday night, one on one in the corner or whatever. Marlon bats it away, good play. Yeah, he falls in end zone, his head, bam, off. Like he hopped right up? Though. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah did the whole thing. Impressive. led to us us to a full conversation of like I've seen somebody do that and be out of there locked up, oh, yeah. Yeah. and then he's able to do yeah. it. It's like. Is that the next step of the whole concussion thing, like trying to figure out literally who's in the most – That was turf too, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. In, yeah. yeah.
4: Right up. Yeah, uh, hey, some people got those A.J. Hawk noggins. Yeah, I'm piping <laughs> up out of there. But uh, that was a good play by him too. Yeah. Good play on the fade. Got his eyes back. Marlon Humphrey had a hell of a game. Had yeah. a sack. Dog. Good play. But – um. That's this week's Everything DB. Be a fucking athlete. Hey, we appreciate you. Appreciate you, fellas. Well, great work on Everything DB.
0: Also, the Man to Man podcast every Monday and Thursday. Tomorrow's episode will be live from the the Fendul Thunderdome alongside Mm -hmm. Antoine Bethé, another absolute superstar, uh, defensive secondary player who I got to be teammates with, who is a legend.
4: I got to ask him about that 62-7 game, too. Was he out there or was he hurt? I assume he wasn't playing at that stage of that. I'm going to ask him. I... that year was a tough year. That was a tough year. Mm.
0: I'm telling you, look here.
4: It's <laughs> pretty easy. <laughs> he got everybody like that, though. Everybody fair, that a, scene. Yeah. Patriots. My rookie year, maybe we went down there to the Super and They, they had yeah. Devery Henderson. Come well, what were
1: you fucking doing out there, then? D
4: but Why were why, why so why they, they calling Florida? To... The, huh? So I mean, they, it was just that's we, just a well-oiled machine. We were the running
0: to Tampa too at the time. So I guess that is, I guess, yeah. like, I guess that is the beater of it all. But well, seemed to be pretty simple, though. Drew pay- Bruce, I didn't want. To, I, don't want to, I don't want to. I don't want to minimize what Drew Brees accomplished on that night because I think he helped break a lot of records for himself. That year, sure. but it did appear as if he had any protection at all, and just, and then
3: who was the middle linebacker? Not getting enough depth.
0: Yeah, because I think you got to well, you, you got to turn and sprint, right? You're covering that. It's
6: those, no, it's the it's the hook droppers that are, they got to get. Thank they you. have to like reroute by positioning or by or reroute at five and then sink and then roll back inside. Jimmy Graham was
1: unstoppable there. Well, yeah, big, big target, big target came from Peyton. I mean, Peyton gave Brady that that. Seam route that they did with Gronk. Oh, the pull of the guard, team. yeah, pull
0: the guard. Mm-hmm, it's play mm-hmm, action, mm-hmm. pull the guard. Linebackers have to come because it looks See. like a run. Seam to tight end. Yep. Gronk scored 100 touchdowns because Peyton Manning told Tom Brady what they do with Dallas Clark. <laughs> yeah. Bingo. Did
4: Peyton Manning created RPO. Ooh. Ooh, nah. Let's give him credit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hell yeah. As an Indianapolis Colt, mm-hmm.
0: the Indianapolis Colts, you know, have <laughs> given to football as much mm-hmm. as they possibly could. You're welcome for the RPO. Yeah,
1: but if Peyton invented the RPO, he would have won more than one Super Bowl. Well, well. the thing
0: about it was he couldn't Seems. do the part that really was needed. Sure. And that was the no uh, one really was respecting his, the run yeah, part. Exactly. That was just the elementary level. That was the beginning level of it. Nonetheless, uh, thank you so much, DB. Thank you, AJ. Thank you to the Toxic Table. Hammer, That will be in
3: 13 minutes.
0: 13 minutes at 3.55 Eastern Standard yep. Time. Everybody in the back, great work. Michael Rubin, thank you for your time. Yeah. Dan Orlovsky, thank you for the time. Uh, to my incredible wife, I can't wait to come see you. Uh, I'm happy we got to announce that we are pregnant. And uh, I'm scared to death to be a parent, but my wife is going to be an incredible mom, so that's all that matters. I appreciate you all so much. We'll see you tomorrow. Uh, we got football to talk about. Oh, yeah. yeah. Falcons, Panthers, and an NFC South rivalry Ooh. that is going to get the juices flowing. Oh, yeah. Alright, we'll see you in about 20 hours. Thank you so much much, AJ. You're the best. Cheers, everybody.